What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Switch It Up podcast, season four, episode one. My name is Tyler Samsel, joined, as always, by my co-host, Colby Moyer. Colby, you've had this intro in the holster for a long time. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so. I just. I. I, and I. It needs to be grandiose. Like we're we're back. It's true. We are. We're back with season four. New changes coming down the pipeline. New. Lots of new things. We'll, we'll get into some maybe later. But, I mean, some things never do change though. So, Colby, how are you doing today? <laughs> it's it's been about like a month since. Uh... It's been, it's been about a month, but I, I've been good. I, I'd be lying if I said I was up to anything special and spectacular. I mean, I did complete a summer class, which always a great feeling, but I got a three-day break, and then I got another one right away that started this week. So I can't wait to – I basically crawled my way to a B. I didn't try at all, but I still <laughs> managed to get a B somehow. Uh, same, exact, <laughs> same exact game plan for this class as well before – before fall semester starts but other than that man i mean can't really haven't really done much uh it, it's hot it, it's a scorcher today it's another scorcher today in the wise words <laughs> of Pluto, it's been hot here in north carolina i've been working a lot but i can't really think of anything else on the gaming front that came out or anything major that happened uh so this looks like it'll just be another standard episode i can't really think of any games that came out while we were away or anything like that but oh yeah um a game that you fa- that tickles your fancy came out, but other than that, nothing nothing <laughs> really appeals to me. So maybe you can uh-huh. enlighten me if you've heard anything. So how are you doing? Uh, I, I I'm doing very well. Um, I have started my summer internship, uh, so that's going well right now. Uh, I had to drop I dropped my two summer classes that I had. They were online uh, because I probably would have perished. Uh, if I kept trying to do those two online classes at the same time as the internship, I was not, I was not having a good time. You weren't so I decided I, no, I wasn't. So I decided to just not do that and instead focus solely on the internship. So luckily everything worked out in that realm, but, uh, you're right. A game well, not really a game more of an expansion came out that I, I am very much enjoying Uh, monster hunter rise. Sunbreak has come out and uh is absolutely incredible i am having a blast uh not done with that yet so you know talking about that can come later but colby i can't i can't believe you've forgotten Uh, you're literally there right now in your background i'm in Uh, i think i'm in in the correct timeline for the record so i don't know if there's any other (laughs) timelines out there that exist but uh yeah i am you're probably wondering where we are today tyler's in prison for some reason and i am (laughs) at Garagmok Monastery uh, because I'm here to see uh, my, my good friends Edelgard, Dimitri, and Claude from the Three Houses universe. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what else. I don't know what you're getting at here. Uh, I guess you could say I'm actually in Abyss uh, if I'm in a prison uh-huh. right But uh, oh, we're building the Switch It Up lore already oh in the new God, season. Right. But uh, yeah, guys. Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes just came out. Well, not just, but it's out. It's out now. You can go play it. You can buy it. You can experience it. And that that's what we're going to talk about today, Colby. I, I cannot believe you've forgotten. We only did the best route first. <laughs> yeah. 
totally. Uh, we, we, yeah, I mean, as of right now, it is the best route because it is the only route you and I have both completed. But yes, we'll get into that in a lot more. But I feel like we should uh, a few housekeeping notes first uh, because obviously with the month off, Tyler mentioned some big exciting changes. Uh, but uh, yeah, some some changes are happening. Um, you know, switch it up has prided itself on consistency. You know, the first couple seasons really like, okay. Every Tuesday, you're gonna get an episode. Season three, I think we were like, okay, every Wednesday you're gonna episode. Now, we're just aiming for a day that ends in Y on a weekly basis <laughs> because I yeah. neither of us can promise uh, like a set date each week because this is not what time allows for anymore. But uh, it's gonna be nice to not have that time crunch, pressure crunch because there are some weeks where we just have nothing to talk about and we kind of just spitball for like seventy five minutes, which is fine. It's a lot of fun, but. You know, I think not constraining ourselves to a certain day of the week is going to allow for more, um, you know, just stress-free content and, you know, hopefully more easy-flowing episodes. So that's number one. Uh, We're aiming for weekly, but you will be notified ahead of time if that's not going to be the case. And hopefully that leaves us more room to do reviews of games, which we're going to be doing today. Uh, We're putting (laughs) a new uh, format to the test here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Tyler and I are going to be reviewing the Scarlet Blaze route of Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. And we're going to be doing each route, but in separate episodes. So you'll get Golden Wildfire later down the line, because that's what we're playing next. And then Azure Gleam after that, which could be, you know, two weeks from now, could be two months from now. We, we don't know, but yeah. we do plan on doing all three, assuming there's three. But yeah, we're going to be doing, um, we're going to be breaking up differently. So we're going to do a little bit of non-spoilery stuff. So if you haven't played Scarlet Blaze, knowing a two-spoil will give you a little bit of that. And then we're going to nosedive into story gameplay miscellaneous which miscellaneous is a very broad category but we'll dumb it down basically just gonna get into the meat potatoes of the story and break it down beat by beat it is 15 chapters it took me 33 hours to beat so there's a lot there uh any yeah. and any thoughts on that from you uh yeah we i mean we're taking some pages out of our uh our podcast our other podcasting mutuals That's right we're copying uh some of some of which you've probably heard us collab with uh, over the past few uh, weeks in our as we were uh, ramping up to getting off of our hiatus, uh, and it really lit a fire under their, our asses because goddamn they are very professional about That's what true. they do. That's true. They make, uh, and we 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 felt inspired, so we're trying to incorporate a little bit more of that structure uh, into our episodes. But of course, um, you will still have, I'm sure some of that good old switch it up charm uh unique to the past three seasons uh sprinkled within that's right so. that's right and the last thing uh, hopefully you've already noticed it but the audio hopefully is a little bit more crisper because Tyler and i are recording on our own uh waveforms for the first time in three years we're recording <laughs> we're not using this uh, hopefully not using the skype audio and seeing as hopefully all things go to plan here we will both be having our own crisp sounding mp3 voices so if you hear our breath that is why but other than that that's a good thing if you do though like that's that's what we're aiming aiming for for. we're aiming for every (laughs) inhale and exhale of good old o2 but other than that um if you want to give some updates on sunbreak go for it because i know that you're you're just chomping at the bit to we we don't have we don't have time are you sure time for that there's i'm sure don't worry sunbreak will have its time uh as you all know, I can talk for hours about fucking anything that I do and just never know when to stop. So I think 
for for our season four return i think it'd be best to just give the people what they came here to see where it all started uh, where kind basically where it all started new timeline but same photo we're coming full circle season one episode one was the three houses deep dive uh season four episode one is 33 percent of a yeah. three hopes deep dive but without further ado here we go we are about to review fire emblem warriors three hopes the scarlet blaze route First of all, shout out to uh, Wise Shadow, but rest in peace to Billy uh, Kamet's voice of Ferdinand Von Eyre. He is the reason we both decided to do this route first. And uh, not to get too spoiler ahead, but he had some great moments in this game as well. Uh, so he was actually very vocal, very, very much centered in the plot of the Scarlet Blaze route, and he had some really cool moments. So, really cool to see him shine, obviously, in what I think was his last performance as a voice actor. So, really cool to see that. But. You know, off the off the somber note, had to get that out of the way first. Um, Tyler, you're let's just get right into it. Your um, non-spoilery, quick review of this route. Uh, a lot in it. Yeah. So, I mean, do you want to do the beat for beat kind of prologue uh, to get people up to speed on what's happening? Because it was in the demo, so that wouldn't be spoilery. But so did the demo? I didn't play the demo. Did the demo end uh, after the prologue? Uh, no, it went all the way up to chapter four. The demo did. Okay, so bef- right, but before the time skip, like right before the time skip. No, no, it 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 went into the time skip. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking chapter four. No, oh, jeez, that's a long demo. Okay, yeah, it, um, it's a long demo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's let's just do the prologue first. All right. Um, okay, we'll get. We'll, so here we go. We're talking about prologue, story, synopsis, uh, spoilery talk. If you haven't played it yet, but yeah, uh, Tyler, do you want to kick it off? Or do you want me to go for it? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. So, uh, in the first scene of the game, we get uh, an animated cutscene similar to the one that opened Three Houses. Uh, the battle against Nemesis, Nemesis's, Nemesis's forces, <laughs> uh, <laughs> with our focal point being on uh, the army of Seros, uh, as we see her charging through the battlefield. Uh, doing a bit more acrobatic maneuvers. Every, there's a bit more action in this one, as you would Definitely. expect from a warrior spinoff title. But uh, it's the same battle in, in the timeline. Uh, we see Saros tearing up the battlefield. We see uh, we actually get to see Sethlene and Sedith. Uh, well, at least, I guess, suppose in this time, uh, Keyhole and Sethlene. That's right, yeah. Uh, if you know i I guess sort of spoilers for three houses in that regard uh but (laughs) listen yeah we're we're, we can't can't save everybody yeah 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 yeah. but uh it's the same battle uh we also get to see some of the other uh saints uh wasn't um mac the wind caller yeah we we got to see the wind caller we got to see mossel uh i believe in in his turtle form shooting a hyper beam across macuel i think he was yeah i think so sorry the pronunciations of names uh, are the, the big pokemon the in gen 8 <laughs> yes yes freaking dreadnought uh that's right but yeah we have that battle and we 
see you know uh Saros turns into the immaculate one and you know tears some more shit up we see some sorcerers trying to uh cast dark magic across the field uh we do see which this wasn't brought up in my route but it might be brought up in yours we see someone with these like red like hard light constructs on their kind of like behind their body they're almost like almost like a crown almost like sort of like wings on the back or a crown in the back of their head uh kind of with i I think they were a garthen they were they were a garthen uh sorcerers uh that were fighting yeah definitely a garthen yeah fighting the immaculate one but then it sort of uh fades to white as uh the immaculate one's laser beam cuts through their defenses uh, we forgot to we forgot to mention off the top the very before all that happens there is a quick three like second scene mm-hmm. where you are in first person in what appears to be like a chamber there's like bubbling water around you like you're almost in like a like a Mewtwo like a chamber test chain test the, tube yeah yeah in the um in the basements of Shambhala which is the Agarthan hideout if you played Golden Deer route in Three Houses yes yeah, so you know It'll some be very relevant here will be very relevant later. But, uh, yeah, after that quick scene... We meet Shez. We meet our protagonist for this game. Uh, this is not a dream that Shez was having. This is just... No, this actually happened. It's a lot like I'm in Three Houses. Like, that fight actually happened in Three Houses. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not like sort of the beginning of Three Houses where Byleth has a dream and wakes up. Because that was in Byleth's dream. Like, he one of the options is that there was a battle so Vilas sees that in his dream uh yep. in this one shez does not see that he just kind of is taking a snooze uh and just kind of wakes up when his friend gets uh wakes him up his merc buddy and uh you did you choose male or female uh, i chose male for this route so did i so did i i chose male shez male Byleth for this for this route i did female Byleth, so we're gonna have some we're gonna have some fun there yeah <laughs> for i was about to say call, calling them different things but i'm yeah. sure we'll get past it but i think so too we'll be okay when shez awakes you have a small conversation with uh gets where you get to enter in your own name it doesn't have to be shez but we will be named like i named him something different but uh for the purposes of this review we'll just be calling him shez uh, and uh, you also get to pick, uh, like we said, uh, Byleth's uh, form and name as well. It carries over from Three Houses if you have saved data, which was pretty cool. Is that true? I did not know that. It did not work with So, like, every time I went to name Byleth, it was manually entered as Colby. Really? It was not... That did not work for me. Maybe I was... Maybe it was the last uh, route you did, because I remember, I think, I think, I think, I think it has to be new game plus data because mm. that's like a completed route. So if you didn't have any completed routes on your save file, then okay. maybe that's why. But okay, because I did name myself Byleth in in subsequent new I game too. plus. I named I, I named her Byleth as well. Okay, but regardless, uh, yeah, because you talk about uh, you and Getz talk about the upcoming battle with Gerald's mercenaries. You're a part of uh, an a rival mercenary group, I believe. Burlings. Burlings mercenaries. Yes, that's correct. Uh, and uh, the Ashen Demon uh, Byleth has brought up. Uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't get past that the whole game, but we'll get into it. Yeah, of course. But uh, Shez is fully voiced. Uh, it's none of this silent protagonist stuff. Shez has a full personality and uh, many, many voice lines uh, that are, you know, you still have dialogue options, of course. Uh, you can choose how you want to respond to questions, but unlike Byleth, uh, Shez is fully voiced in cutscenes and in battle as well. So, 
first big change you're you're playing a fully voiced protagonist that has some uh ups and downs uh in terms of you know positives and negatives that impact the game but i'm sure we'll get to that probably more at the conclusion of the episode but yeah for sure after some inspiring words uh you are thrust into combat against gerald's mercenaries where you get to or i guess the the force that gerald's mercenaries are protecting that's kind of the the um the gist that i got from that first battle is that you're fighting some sort of force some sort of militia force that gerald's mercenaries have been tasked with uh, protecting. I think so too, yeah, because they don't appear until later in the battle. Yeah, and, you know, as we see later in the game, as soon as Gerald's mercenaries come in, just the entire shift of any battle pretty much changes. Uh, that's how legendary they are, especially now that they have Byleth and Gerald uh, working together in earnest. Or at least we get to see that from that perspective, because obviously that had happened before uh, the beginning of Three Houses. Yeah, they even in this timeline, uh, they are still like these. They've all oh, they've never butchered a job, and we need to be wary of like the Ashen Demon because she's like in, he or she is like insanely powerful. Mm-hmm. And Gerald, of course, is obviously the Blade Breaker still. So, a lot of trouble when when they hop on the battlefield against our level one protagonist. Yes, uh, of course. But uh, this battle acts as the tutorial. You go or one of the two tutorials. There's kind of another one after this, but this one is basic uh, combat. Uh, taking out strongholds, combat arts, uh, warrior specials, things like that. Uh, as you make your way, as you and your team split up to uh, take strongholds from the enemy, and eventually, uh, the uh, Gerald's mercenaries arrive, and one by one, your mercenary friends begin to fall around you, uh, mm-hmm. letting out their final words to you, uh, telling you to run, telling you that these guys are monsters. They're not even people uh and that is when the gates of the final stronghold open up and you see the ashen demon byleth walking forward slowly sword at the side zero emotion on that zero emotion and this is the second big change uh in terms of characters i believe is that byleth is also fully voiced uh in both cutscenes and in gameplay uh uh there are we'll get into that probably later but uh, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about the character of Byleth m- much later because a lot more goes on with him and her. Yes, but uh, Byleth is fully voiced as well, and a fight ensues, one that you cannot win. Uh, you are no, he he kicks you. No, Byleth Byleth kicks your ass pretty good. Uh, even in New Game Plus, uh, you are not strong enough to beat uh, this first Byleth encounter. Uh, no, so. <laughs> even if you use your warrior gauge, it just does zero. Yeah, damage. it really does <laughs> nothing. <laughs> So it is, a force, it, it is a force-loss battle, uh, but as you are about to get cut down... Literally uh, executed. Literally executed by Byleth's Which are we, sword. Are we to believe that's how it happened in the Three Houses timeline? I, I, I think so. Like, I think Shez just dies in the Three Houses timeline right there. It's a pretty brutal death. The sword, like, right above his or her head. Ugh, that's... Yeah, that's pretty gruesome, yes. But... A vo- it's a JRPG, so that did not happen. A, a voice pierces through the silence for a split second and shez erupts with power yeah i will not allow this world to perish with you and then bam something completely new to storytelling in video games a fusion happens yeah right right at the beginning uh (laughs) i think it's it's less of a fusion more of just a gift of power uh basically uh it's it's yeah i i guess it's almost like an awakening it's never really exactly a 
fusion, but honestly, the fusion aspect that we saw in Three Houses works a little differently in this timeline, which we'll get to probably later. Again, that's sort of borderline uh, spoilery, but you've, we saw it in the trailers. We saw fusion happening in the trailers, so you're fine. Yeah, you all knew this was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was aggressive. Anyway, so Shez <laughs> stands up. These markings on his face, these red light constructs sort of around his body, on his wrists and around his head, and he produces from thin air a sword. Uh, sort of relic-like in appearance, but definitely different. Uh, mm-hmm. As uh, some um, supports will... Uh, expand upon later this is not a hero's relic uh, it is something yeah, different no, re- relics were relics do not appear out of thin air as they as this weapon did yes but even with this power shez gets back up to fight but byleth does not relent does not give a shit and you are still you still get your ass handed to you but you do not get killed because Gerald is like all right we finished everything we need to do let's get the fuck out of here and mm-hmm. uh I'm old, let's drink, I'm gone. There's a brief exchange where Byleth says that maybe they'll see each other again. Byleth walks off, and Shez, apparently exhausted from the uh, new power that he was given, collapses onto the ground and fades to black. And that is when we meet uh, a new character to the Three Houses lore. Uh, Box art legend. Arval. Uh, Your partner in destiny, as he oh so often loves to say oh my god this it's it's corny but yeah partner in destiny arvel appears and is like look i I, i'm basically the reason you're not dead yet because he basically comes out right away and is like look you are slated to die like it is your literal destiny and fate to die so again backing up the theory that oh did Chez ever exist in the three houses timeline yes why didn't he pop up because he died (laughs) by 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 had his way but yeah, Arval basically intervenes. Uh, we're immediately, if you play Three Houses, you're immediately like, okay, this is basically a parallel of Sothis. Very similar in, you know, they both are, they're both kind of like floating, like acting acting very much like a, a superior being. Mm-hmm. Not exactly human, but uh, Arval, very, very snarky, very a, a, a lot more like fun, I would say, than Sothis immediately. Yeah. Just like a lot more fun. It has a little more personality, but still... Uh, you can tell right away that, you know, maybe not of good guy origin, just because based off their appearance. But also, he seems just as clueless as you are, honestly. Like, all he, yeah, yeah, all he knows is that he is your partner in Destiny. He does not know how he came to be. He This is the first time they've met. He, yeah, this is the first time they've met, and he just says, I, I was just here. Like, this is the last memory I have is right now. I just kind of popped in, and now this is who I am. And Shez is, Shez is pretty chill about it, all things considered. Oh, yeah, very chill. Uh, this is cool. But he's like, you know, you need to get stronger to fight the Ashen Demon. I can give you that power. This is a beneficial arrangement. Let's let's chill. Let's let's do this. And Ar- Yeah, right away is like, I'm Arvel. You're slated to die. We need to kill that thing yeah and basically that that's that's basically the really rough sketch summary of their first encounter yes exactly and then i believe that gets us to our first small time skip i think six months pass after this moment i thought it was like two no wait 
Yeah, I think it is like it's. I think it is something like that because I'm, I'm thinking of like two weeks, but that's later on. In the yeah, prologue. yeah. This is this is t- we cut from six months after this encounter with Gerald's mercenaries, where Shez is just fucking hoofing it. He's just chilling, camping in the woods, just sleeping, sleeping out in the open air, all by his little yeah, son. All, all of his mercenary friends are dead. All his mercenary friends are dead. He's looking around for work. Uh, he's found himself just in the woods camping out, uh, and. And Arval has to rouse him from his sleep, and he chastises him. He's like, "Hey, I always need to look after you." You know, kind of just dialogue implying the that they're more familiar with each other now that it's been six months, etc., uh, etc. Et but he says that he woke him up because uh, someone is coming, and not and multiple some multiple at people that. at that. And as Shez turns around, he sees. The three house leaders, Edelgard, Claude, and Dimitri, have entered the plot and are on the run once again from the Iron King's thieves that we saw in Three led Houses, by led by Costas, the square-headed thief we all know and love. <laughs> uh, but they are—they run into Shez, and you know Shez has a brief exchange with them and offers to help them out of their bind in exchange for some coin when all is said and done. Uh, as Shez a true sword. absolutely loves to talk about everything and anything related to being a mercenary. you This enters into our second tutorial battle, where you learn about changing characters, the weapon triangle, uh, effective moves. A lot more turn-based stuff. Yep, a lot more, uh, just more in-depth mechanics. You get to see uh, some more stronghold uh, attacking and capturing, uh, but you also learn about the awakening gauge which is kind of a uh, a super saiyan mode for every character in the game if it fills up uh and it fills up at different rates for different characters so if you have the awakening gauge for one of your characters the others may not have it as well but learn about how to order around your yep, units ordering. all out offensives all out all out defenses you have to learn about i think the weapons triangles in this game it is because, yes yeah because swords are superior to lances and lances are superior to I know it was axe superior to lance, and then lance superior to sword. I believe that's, I think that's correct. How it Sorry, we're three houses, yeah, babies. I, we don't know how that works. Yeah, that's right. Because because Edelgard like wrecked a, a lance unit, and then Dimitri like wrecked a sword unit, and so yeah. On and so and then you have Claude, like I mean, Claude like bows destroy flying units, uh, yeah. gauntlet units uh, destroy mages, mages, things like that. Yep. So and mages destroy armored units. Uh, uh, yeah, but re- yeah, but regardless, you get introduced to that. Here. Yes. So, uh, when you, you know, you do your thing, you do your thing as a mercenary does, and kill everything in your path, uh, <laughs> until you see Alois and the Knights of Saros uh, riding in to to save the students, and you sort of pincer maneuver Costas uh, in the center of the map, and you, this is the first big sort of plot. Uh, change uh well besides obviously shes living but uh a plot change for from an existing uh plot point that was in three houses you kill costas in this battle you do he does not escape uh to go report back to uh the flame emperor the flame emperor shes just fucking kills him uh right then and there it's a cameo basically (laughs) it's how long he's yep basically and then uh, Alois comes and, and picks you guys up and takes you back to camp. Uh, and, uh, or rather, yeah, a, yeah, he, 
Yeah, it is camp. They're on an outdoor excursion for the, for the monastery because obviously they are still Garrick Mock Monastery students. They're on their yearly outdoor excursion. Alois even mentions like, this is a bad look for the church. We let these three political, like dominant political figures out of our sight and they were attacked by bandits like they could have been killed. But basically you go to this camp, You it's the same thing as three houses where you go to the monastery, you meet all the students and all the house leaders and they give you those little spiels. Um, uh, and then, yeah, you get to, once you're done with that, you're like, all right, I'm heading out of here because you expect your, as spoken like a true mercenary, you expect your reward to be given you and you'd be on your way. But Alois is like, hey, wait a minute, come to the monastery. He's like, I said that in another timeline before to another character. I'm going to say it to you now. Come to the monastery and we can we can pay you in full there. And Shez, reluctant, whether willingly or reluctantly, has to go to the monastery to collect their reward and yeah when they get there we get to meet lady Rhea, sedith uh the, the whole crew's there basically uh, i don't know if, i don't think flane's there but the whole crew from when you first get there and another plot twist that happens here is your reward for <laughs> Rhea, ever so cunning as Rhea is your reward for saving the students is to become a student you are offered a student role at the monastery because Rhea's like look all your, or your mercenary friends are dead. You have no hire. Uh, you did us a favor. Just come be a student here. You can get stronger. You can go, you know, fight whoever it is you need to fight. Get get stronger for whatever reason it needs to be. Come be a student here at Garrick Mock Monastery. And Arval brings up the uh, the possibility that she may have just heard about our power and wants to keep us on a yep. short leash, uh, which is an intriguing possibility. But I'm pretty sure whatever answer you choose you become a student no matter what uh i never refused uh even in the demo or like any of my alternate playthroughs i never tried to refuse because i i could just couldn't bring myself to do it because i wanted i wanted the plot to progress uh i, I mean i know that they would box you in because the arval dialogue that comes after that is like wow they really talked us into a corner uh implying that if you chose the other option they would still somehow talk you into doing it but regardless, I thought that was a neat twist because I was pretty. I, yeah. was, I was curious as to how they were going to get them to meet and like spend actual time together. I, I didn't expect that at all. Yeah, I, I didn't expect it either that he would just be a student. The roles would be reversed where you were a professor in the last one, you're now a student in this one. Uh, but I think it's a cool. I think it's pretty cool. I think the, I think the outfit looks a little strange on both Shez models just because of the vibrant purple hair is just completely standing out from the very dull colors of the uniform yeah, uh, 100% agree but uh it's still it's still fun but another twist well not another twist because we kind of this choice had to be given to you somehow uh you, oh, if you can't tell by the title and what we said uh, we joined the black eagle house led by Adolfo. yes yes you you do get to choose which house you would like to enroll into uh kind of as a little bit of a recompense for them uh, it being their idea for you to be a student. So you you get to choose whether to be in the Blue Lions, the Golden Deer, or the Black Eagles. And for the purposes of what we're doing, we uh, chose the Black Eagle House. Uh, Edelgards, Black Eagles, uh, servants of Black the Strike Force. Adrestian Empire, <laughs> the Black Eagle Strike Force. Unfortunately, the name does not make a return in this game. No, uh, it's very upsetting. But... Uh, you join uh, with the house, and uh, then Manuela Yuritsa 
and Hanneman mm-hmm. talk about, uh, you know, which of the houses they are going to teach. And regardless of what house you choose, uh, Professor Yuritsa uh, ends up leading your house as its teacher. That was interesting to me. That was interesting to me like, as well. I thought, I thought like, okay, Black Eagles, he's from the Empire. Like, obviously, you know who Reitz is. We played three houses. Like, okay, that makes sense. But like, even like, yeah, I was like, when you told me, like, oh, he's just the house of, he's just the leader of whatever house you pick. I'm like, oh, that's that's unique. A little, little interesting, but you know, I, I like it. This game has definitely softened me he's up. He's a terrible character. I. He's definitely not as interesting, I, but in this part of the game, he's not a good. Well, yeah, of, like he just is. I, I get the whole personality, but like, dude, you're a professor. Like, come on now. I, I will say this game has definitely softened me on Yuritsa, not only because holy shit, he is so fucking strong in combat, yeah. but also uh, this is the first time I've ever done like any Yuritsa supports, and it, it showed me a new side of him. So uh, I can say that this game has successfully softened me a bit on Yuritsa's character, but. Uh, after you have a brief introduction to uh, your house, uh, Colby, I think since these are your notes, uh, how about you take over from here? Okay, I'll t- yeah, I'll take over. So basically, you Yuritsa's like, don't be late for the mission. Shez is like, wait, what? And then explains to you like, yeah, you do missions here at the academy. Like it's once a month, just like it was in three houses. Yep. Your mission this time is to finish off the Iron King thieves in their little hideout. But yeah, you go with your class. Uh, Right away, we see uh, – also, the two weeks pass. So There's the, the two, two weeks, weeks yeah. So, Eureka and Edelgard are having a one-on-one meeting, but we don't hear what it is. It's kind of like a mute meeting. I think Edelgard and Hubert have one earlier in the game because, obviously, if you know about Three Houses, you know that, that they're up to no good all the time. But, yeah, you get to uh, – I forget where it's at. I think it's in either Leicester Territory or Empire Territory where this fortress is, but mm-hmm. – Yuritsa right away is like, let's follow the blood scent. Wait, what are you talking about? And then Yuritsa storms off and kills all these bandits, like slaughters them brutally. And Edelgard's like, uh, wh- why are you running off? And they're just like, oh, I think I, I did Golden Deer. And Claude's, <laughs> and Claude was like, Yuritsa, you can't just run off. And he's just like, oh, oh that's something. Yeah. As he looks at all the butchered bandits. Yeah. But yeah, you find this fortress. The rest, you find out the rest of the ban- like Yurita can somehow sense that the bandits are there. Like so, Yurita right away, you're like, okay, this guy's definitely a shady figure. Yeah. But yeah, you your your first mission out of tutorial mode is to clear out the bandits out of these fortress. I think your default units are Edelgard, Hubert, Ferdinand, and Shez. You can't change them. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but yeah. that's just how it is. Again, you get more practice ordering around. Fight's not really that hard, but another different plot thing here is the gr- monica from the the girl from the class prior i guess the one who, who was abducted mm-hmm. in three houses and is actually ha- is actually Kranya. is you have to rescue her from this basement and in this fortress and actually Kranya appears in the mission she's the final boss i think like it's her she, it's her and she summons see, a demonic yes. beast and that's how the battle ends but monica and Kranya are two different people in this reality like Monica's actually like a she's she's a mage she's she's a you can play as her she's playable you Edelgard recognizes her right away and Yuritsa recognizes her like right away They're like wait aren't you Monica and Monica's like oh yeah I'm Baron Ox's daughter you're Justine Prince that direct heir to the throne like uh, thank you for saving me I mean they they were always two different characters it's just that in the three houses timeline no one went to save her so she got killed and Karanya assumed her identity 
That's what Krania alludes to. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I meant. Like, Monica isn't like, Krania. Like, Monica has Krania not been killed and the identity has not been stolen yet. So you save Monica, like, the real Monica. And Yeah, you do. Assuming that you play uh, as the Black Eagles like we did, she joins you. She joins your house. Uh, and the other two routes, she does not join the Golden Deer or the uh, Blue Lions. But uh, if you're playing as the Empire, you get Monica on your on your squad. Uh, after you meet her yeah and then after yeah so after that uh everyone's speculating who abducted her and monica's like i actually know who abducted me so you can just ask me and they're all just like okay we'll spill the beans and monica's like it was definitely tomas that librarian was like wait what tomas like he has a cane how could he have abducted you and then she's like oh no i'm certain it was him so tomas is in base three houses he goes off like on these long like uh excursions or whatever and doesn't come back for a while same thing happens here but he comes back and they're like, uh, the, the Archbishop would like to see you. I recommend you come. And he's just like, ah, fuck it, you caught me. And he transforms into Solon, and he vanishes, and he's gone. So right away, in the first hour of this game, a lot of huge story beats that were like mis- mysteries in Three Houses are already introduced and are presented in a way that they're going to be elaborated on in much further detail. Yeah, like those who stood in the dark are already are revealed immediately at the beginning. Monica is saved. Uh, demonic beasts have already been seen. I don't remember if they were known about before in Three Houses before we came along, but uh, yeah, uh, it, that's kind of going to be a theme with a lot of these uh, routes. Is that a lot of mysteries and a lot of huge like conspiracies and plot points in the original game are just kind of thrown out right at the beginning. Like people, they are thrown out in the sun right at the beginning of this game. Uh, which allows for some interesting story stuff to take place. Uh, but yes, uh, as Solon is, or as Tomas, rather, is about to come back to the monastery, Arval speaks into uh, Shez's right. head and says, like, look, I don't know why I know this, but you got to get out there right now and, and watch what's about to go down. And then a cutscene plays, Tomas turns into Solon, and then he, you know, he bamps out with a teleport. And, uh, Shez, seeing this, seems to think that his ability, Tomas's ability to shapeshift into Solon, is very similar to his ability that Arval gives him to transform into, I guess, that sort of like n- more powerful form. Yeah, I don't even know what to call it. To be honest, yeah, it's not super elaborated on. I never thought it was that similar personally, but. I, I didn't either. I was like, this is completely different. But, like, the game treats it as I, if I can see the parallels, yeah, though. Yeah, there's parallels there, but the game is like, this is so obvious, can't you see? Uh, and here's like, no. No, I can't. <laughs> so that kind of gives, you know... I think then they have... Uh, Arval and Shez have a bit of a conversation in that weird headspace that they are in again. Uh, it's not much that it's a dream, Arval says, but it's... It's something. It's not really elaborated on, but it's like some pocket reality, basically, where they can talk to each other. A pocket, yeah, a pocket dimension where they can speak to each other. Exactly. And Shez is getting nervous. Like, okay, people just saw that. They're gonna connect the dots back to my weird ass shape shifting power, and I'm gonna be like hunted or, or expelled or whatever. And Arvel's like, Nah, dude. They they trust you. It. You're all good, man. You're fine. Uh, and then. I believe for the empire because this is this is when shit starts to go down like big schism events begin to happen 
in each of the three territories in Fodlan. Uh, for the Empire, it's that now that Monica has been rescued and those who slither in the dark have been, uh, you know, exposed. sort of exposed and put on the defensive, Edelgard and Hubert decide to change up their original plan from Three Houses and decide that they're going to go and take the capital right now. They're going to go, you know, fucking stick a stick up Laura Arundel's ass, get him out of there, take the throne right now. Do you, is it how do they know that he is or how does he know he's already someone who goes I don't I never figured that out. I, because how do they know that he is one of those who's living in the dark? Yeah. How do they know he's Because Talus is the one that experimented on Edelgard. He is the one who originally okay. she I think she says as much in this game. Uh, at one point, I think so too. It's just, it's just very vague, yeah, like in my memory. Talus like, is the. She's always known that he was, you know, disguising himself as Lord Arundel. But they had a deal, so she couldn't move on him. Uh, they had a deal that that she that he would help her assume power. That's how she gets Amir and all that. That's stuff how she gets Amir. Correct. She does not have Amir. This one. She has a sacred weapon instead called Labrunda. Uh, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, Huber and. Aelgard decides to accelerate their plans. They go to the church and ask for aid in taking Arundel down, which I cannot fucking believe that the church agreed to that. That was crazy. It was like it, it said, she was said like on one condition, right? That like the knights take in Lord Arundel. Like that was the one condition, or like two conditions, or like knight. The knights aren't on the front lines. Yeah, the knights aren't. And on Arundel the front is lines. turned into the church. Yeah. Which leads me to believe Rhea also knows who Lord Arndell really Cause is. Because it was weird, because the only, ev- like, they did not have much, or at least they didn't say they had much evidence. They were like, with the patterns that to- Tomas was doing, we think Arundel, who has done some of, seems to have a similar suspicious pattern of going and coming back, uh, might be in league with him. This is, again, this is all speculation. There is no hard evidence. And then Hubert says, that's not to mention all the other evidence that we have against him, which is not named at all. And then said, "This is like the more you talk, the more I see this is a real threat." I'm like, "Fucking how? They haven't told you anything." <laughs> but regardless, the church agrees to send some reinforcements, and uh, the Edelgard asks the rest of the Black Eagles to come with her to help her. But not not all of them do. But not all of them do. Uh, which which I thought was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Well, it was Ferdinand who doesn't come, right? Because of. So, uh, Shez, Edelgard, Hubert, Dorothea, Petra, and Monica go with you. Right. I think those are the ones who go with you. So, leaves what? Caspar, Linhart, Bernadetta, and Ferdinand. They don't go. Yeah, that's because of their uh, their sort of parental connections situations, the, their connections yeah. to the current ro- ruling powers. Yeah, Count Count Varley is like the bishop. Count Burgulies is like the war the minister. The war minister. Um, isn't Linhart's dad like the foreign the affairs Foreign affairs, I think. Something or, like that, yeah. And then... Um, Who's the other one? Ferdinand. Well, yeah, I, Ferdinand. I was going to say Duke Dyer. Iyer. He, he's, we'll, we'll get into we'll him. Get into he's him. a lot more of him coming. But. Yes, but uh, Edelgard, go to camp. Edelgard approaches Shez first before we go to camp. Uh, and Shez is like, you know, about my power. I I, I prom- like basically saying like insinuating that Edelgard might not trust him because of his power. Uh, but Edelgard's like, nah, dude, you helped us out. You're <laughs> obviously fine. I've got ties to these guys too. Don't worry, she doesn't actually say yeah, that. Yeah, no. But like, she might as well. And Shez is like, "Oh, okay, sick." It is like Shez's. We're friends. Shez's power is very much handled extremely casually to everyone else around. Like, I'm glad that it's brought yeah, up no, in conversation, really cool but like everyone is just super cool about it. Uh, but 
You have weird powers? Sick, bro. But then, yeah, you go to camp. This is the first time we get the uh, the camp feature, right? I think so, yeah. And this is where this is basically the monastery segments of of uh, three houses where you have activity points, you have training points, train up your units, uh, build uh, relationships between units using uh, meals or chores or etc. Uh, going on expeditions later in the game, basically the new tea party system. Uh, and that is this is the main area where you forge your bonds, you buy new equipment, you buy items and gifts, things like that uh, before battles, before big battles. And yeah, uh, we storm Enbar, and we just completely dumpster the fucking those just those in the dark forces. Uh, we we overthrow the entire political regime in basically. one fell swoop. We we overthrow Arendelle. Arendelle's taken completely off guard. He's like, she was not supposed to be moving this early. Like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, yeah, uh, we exile Duke Iyer immediately. That's something we do. Yep, we we tell Duke. Do we arrest him? I think we arrest him and put him in like the dungeon. Yeah, because we fight him in this battle. Yeah, we do. He's just a big fat Which guy. Which is fucking Max. really funny. <laughs> when 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 yeah, I saw his character funny. intro, I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> yeah, no, they're like, all right, we'll make anybody a, a boss battle in this game. Exactly. I'm like, I respect it, but yeah, uh, I think that they definitely give Edelgard some good characterization here by like she's actually like a really freaking good leader. She is. Yes, like like on top of everything and like even the leader of those through in the dark is like oh shit like mm-hmm. she shouldn't be here she should be here a couple months from now not not now but yeah we get to see um on our team actually from so we have we do actually have support from inside uh the imperial political regime we have count Burglies and count hovering are both on our side which is very helpful because they are both going to be important later on but uh we we storm we storm uh, the Imperial Palace. We win. Edelgard rises to power. And with that said, this basically ends the prologue with, again, Tyler said, shit's basically hit the fan here in Fodlin. Um, overthrowing the entire Imperial political regime, getting um, Edelgard's dad up at it. Is Edelgard's dad dead in this timeline? We never hear mention of him. <laughs> no, like King, like, Ionis the Ninth or something. Oh, like I guess that. we do hear mention of him, but we do not see him, which is which is odd, because we see a lot of, like, parents of characters in this game. Yeah, no. So I'm like, all right, so Edelgard, I guess, overthrows her I guess, dad, like, yeah, too. Like, I guess I he's know. just but, out of here. Uh, uh, I never really made out what was going on in the kingdom, but, like, there's definitely some imbalance there. I think it's up to Cornelia, because we do actually know she is an Agarthian, and... Uh, Cleo- Cleobulus? Is that uh, her name? Cleobulus is her Agarthan name, kind of like how Arundel is Talus and Tomas is Solon. Uh, sorry. She's causing problems there in the kingdom, yes. which you know forces Dimitri to go back and deal with that. And all Myron forces have invaded the Lester Alliance which, at, at Foden's throat. Yep, which makes Claude go back to his homeland as well. Basically, these three schisms all happen at the same time. So... Everyone just pisses off and goes back. They're like, we need to deal with this because we are the future regents. And then when they go and deal with that, they just become the leaders. Like, uh, you know, events fall into place after all of these things happen where Edelgard is the emperor, Dimitri is king, and uh, Claude is, I guess, just leader of the Leicester Alliance. I think he's the duke. Is he real? Is is it? Oh. I think he's the duke. All right, duke. Uh, Duke Regan. Duke, Duke Regan. Regan. So yeah, he, okay. He leads Regan, but Regan's the leading house of the alliance, so I guess he's just like the Grand Dukedom is how they call him. Basically, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I just thought that would be the same thing here. But this causes the Officers Academy actually close down and be dismissed. Mm-hmm. 
and there's no more classes. This is the last. This is kind of like the last class of the Officer Academy, which I also thought was a really cool twist. I also did not expect that to happen. Yeah, pretty much all of this game is war phase. Is uh, is just conflict. Is time skip phase basically. Uh, you do not spend much time at the academy at all. I think like you spend two battles and then you're off to the main plot basically. And that does wrap everything up. So. Uh, that's it for the prologue we won't go beat for beat uh from this point forward we'll probably we'll just talk about our general thoughts about the route uh we'll get into gameplay and stuff and what we thought about that but you know any any thoughts on how the prologue sets up the rest of the the story colby i think the pro i thought the prologue was great story-wise i thought for this route i thought it fit it perfectly everything made sense it was a nice way to introduce our big bad enemy right away, which in three houses you could argue is kind of like a villain imbalance in that game. So like right away we know who our big bad is and who we have to beat. Uh, we get to see some cool character moments from Edelgard and Hubert specifically because they're like, okay, we gotta go deal with this now. And you know, there's definitely uh, definitely some cool moments in there. It shows you how to do the battle mechanics. I thought the prologue was perfect. Actually, I thought it was great. Do you feel similarly? I do feel similarly. It was very good, I think. Set up, you know, a lot of questions, a lot of intrigue. Uh, you know, for lore junkies like me, I think Edelgard said something like, you know, something about this situation, something about this person, Shez, coming into the situation has offered me this opportunity to uh, accelerate my plans. You know, very much implying that, like, Shez's survival is the thing that changes everything for this timeline. Yeah, that's that's cool. So, you know, very much like Edelgard has just this strange feeling that this this is the time to act. This is the time that things have yeah, to change. Yeah, there's positive momentum and we got to cash in on Yeah, it. so it, it was very good. Uh, I We got some good insight into Yuritsa's character more. We got some more. Uh, I liked Hubert better in this game as a whole. Oh, yeah. Hubert was really good uh, and he had some great characterization you hear him talk a lot more in this game i think and he's not and he's not just super emo like he is in three houses he's actually like a, a good character i mean he would it would there were always those good character moments in him in three houses but in this one they're put on much better display i feel also everyone's just really nice to shez like everyone loves this like guy. everyone just immediately loves this character which is kind of the one of the indications of a, like a Gary Sue type of of main character, mm-hmm. which you know, I feel like people will argue that about Shez, but personally, I think there's enough personality in him to sort of keep him away from that title. Uh, no, Shez definitely has a vibrant personality, and I think there's definitely likable assets. Not all of it clicked for me personally. Yeah. Just because I, it was always going to be tough for me because, like, when I think Three Houses, like, that's Byleth's game. That's Byleth's universe. Like, that's who I think of first. Even when I found myself liking Byleth more, even when they two would interact. Just because, you know, I, the idea of Shez is good. And I think the idea of Arvel's good. I don't know if it's always executed in the best manner. Yeah, same here. Uh, The game does not give you a lot of answers regarding Shez's. Or j- I, I I can well I can try to clear some yeah, up, but we'll get in. Uh, should we just yeah, address yeah, yeah. that now? So well, let's address that now. We're getting it. So that's the end of the prologue. All of this stuff has been all of the stuff we talked about was in the demo. Even then, there's stuff after this that is still in the demo. Uh, we touched on a few you know foreshadowing elements, uh, but 
from this point on, it's going to be full on. We're going to talk about the very specific spoiler uh, plot points from here on out. So uh, if you don't want that, we'll give you a timestamp in the description uh, to skip to a part that is not as spoiler heavy. Uh, but if you have played the game, this is the spoiler section. There are two sort of separate routes in in this it route. Wouldn't be, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a three houses game if there wasn't routes within. If the there routes. wasn't a secret route, so for the route that I took, I got no answers for Shez's origin at all. Like pretty much nothing. I I got confirmation that. You know, he was he's connected he's obviously connected to those who slither in the dark in some way, which is what we speculated uh before the game came out, that that was a possible scenario. But you know, he's he's associated with those who slither in the dark. We have no idea why. And that was it. Like I <laughs> I did not get any closure. Then the credits roll and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but that was because I fucked up in one of the battles there's a battle in this game that says you didn't really it's super specific as to how you have to yeah it, it it's not like in three houses where it's like here are the two options you get to choose you know text box one text box two there are your choices if you mess if you mess up once you are losing this opportunity yeah in this one it says the the things you do in this battle will drastically change the story i was like okay i'm gonna keep my eyes peeled for a choice but there really wasn't a choice given to me. At least I didn't think there, there was. And then I finished the battle, and I kept going, and I was like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it also kind of rubs it in your face for the rest of the game. It's like, man, if only this person was still alive. If only there was another, another path that we could have treaded. I'm like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> God, but... Yeah, basically, uh, Colby, why, why don't you tell him? Why, why don't you tell him what happened? All right, so uh, we're kind of just gonna bounce yeah, around we're gonna bounce the around war phase part of this. Um, in chapter eleven, as Tyler said, the game gives you a very specific like you need the the decisions you make in this battle are going to greatly affect the story. You're basically the empire has completely dominated. Uh, we'll get to how they get there, but they are basically. This is the king. This is the western side of the kingdom's last stand. Yeah, this is this is bladed, bladed territory. Like we are at Dimitri's doorstep. From being doorstep. overrun by yeah by by basically correct, and they send Rodrigue to defend it. And in this battle, we'll get into gameplay stuff that'll make this more clear if you haven't really. But you have to pick a correct strategy. You have to spare a character, and you have to recruit another. 
and then you have to not fight another and then also defeat Rodrigue for this specific thing to happen. So five things need to go right from a strategy and gameplay standpoint for you to even for you to even get this route. You can still decline it yeah. and not choose to do it, but should, should we say who the two I feel like the characters are obvious uh, who you are trying to stop. But, yeah. Uh, who, 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 who we're talking about. So, all right, let's get that back. You can recruit Geralt and Byleth, both mm-hmm. of them. You can get them both on your team at this point in the game because this entire time they've been hired by the opposite faction to as kind of like more beef for the army to yeah, now that now the empire is just fucking taken Folan by storm. It's basically it's it's all but it's all but over at this point. Yeah, this is and we'll get to this how that game is, is about, or at least this route is about the unification of Folan under the banner of of Edelgard. Yeah, and the one constant thorn in your side has been Geralt's mercenaries, and we get to the point now where okay, we've defeated uh, the Western Kingdom. Rodrigue has died. We've killed him. Uh, We'll get to what happens with the alliance, but basically, there's no more work left for Gerald and Byleth. And Shez is like, "Hey, look, just come work with us." And Gerald's like, "Ah, yeah, sure." And you know, like, you guys have money, you guys are rich, and they both join your team, and you can use them as playable characters. Which Tyler did not get the option to do. I did, which changed the way our stories went for a little bit. We still got the same overall ending, yeah. but it changed the way how the story went for literally, like, I think I think a chapter is the only difference, but. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's um, we can kind of we can kind of bounce around here because we were already I think like an hour in and we just got done with the prologue. Yeah. But uh, so the two years have passed. It's Imperial Year eleven eighty one. The Officers Academy is closed. Dimitri and Claude are the King and Duke respectively. Edelgard is the Emperor, and given all of the turnover in the land of Fodlin, this is when Edelgard makes her big rousing speech of like we are going to overthrow the Central Church of Saros. Uh, with that, Count Varley, Bernadette's father, is made the Bishop of the Southern Church. I thought he was assassinated. I, that was wrong. Yep, nope. <laughs> so I, I, I took that out of the notes. Uh, as, Ty, as Tyler said, Edelgard now has a sacred weapon, Labrunda, which is a pain in the ass to level up in this game yeah. because you, the material isn't the material you need is doesn't pop up till way later. So just do yourself a favor, yeah. get a killer or silver yeah. axe, and just reforge that yep. and use that. It's perfectly fine. Yes. The Empire marches on Garrig Mach. Oh, they, they, they do not own Garrig Mach, but they, they do it by conquering Burgundy territory and eastern Garrig Mach. This is the first battle since the time skip. And you go to Garrig Mach where our fr- two of our friends from Abyss are still here, yeah. Constance and Happy. And you can recruit both of them. And we will get into how, but re- you should recruit both of them. Just recruit everyone. There's no need to kill people in this game. Yeah, well, there's some that are unavoidable. But recruit as many as you can because uh, all the Abyss, all the Abyss uh, characters are fucking stacked in this game. <laughs> Oh my god! So so good. You fight the Knights of Saros at um, Garrig Mach. You fight uh, you fight Rhea, Catherine, Sedith, Flane, and Cyril. They are all forced to retreat. To retreat, excuse me. The kingdom hears about this, and Count Roe, I think his name's Gwendol, he declares his loyalty to the Empire. Uh, Count Gloucester, who we actually get to see his dad, uh, Lawrence's dad, and Acheron, that slimy little bitch in the Alliance. They also decide to fly Imperial Colors, and this leads Lord Hulse to come to Claude's aid for an anti-Imperial cause. So Claude is fully in effect now, his anti-Imperial Colors. He's trying his best to, I think he said like in the time skipping three houses, like despite the inevitable f- threat of fracture that's happening right now, yeah. like he's like, Claude's like, oh, we're unified against the Empire, but everyone who knows anyone knows that they're not. Well, 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 well. 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 Uh, 
that's not entirely true because Claude's a sneaky little bastard and he has a plan uh, that does involve Gloucester. So we'll get to that soon. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm just. I'm just saying right now, like from from the outside looking in, you would think that they are anti. Yeah, they are. They are fra- the, the the alliance is fracturing. Definitely, they're they're definitely fifty fifty right now because Gloucester's the leading force for the Empire, Regan's leading force against, and like you said, Claude's always behind the scenes doing something. Yes, so. Yes. But Dimitri and I believe Dimitri and House Fraudaris, I can't say the Shield of Fars, because that is now Felix. Yeah. Since Rodriguez passed the title down. Uh, they go to meet the Knights of Saros and ALL, while Kingdom Forces go to intercept Lord Lenato, who is trying who is single handedly Just fucking blazing a trail, <laughs> trying to take personal glory and kill Araya himself. That's right. D- yep. Um I don't know why he's doing that, but uh Count Burgley's goes to the Alliance with his team, and then we go to House Row, we being Edelgard's forces. We are Edelgard's forces for this entire battle. But yeah. Edelgard's like, look, we gotta go save Lord Nanato because it would be a bad look if we let one of our aliases die on this reckless mission. Yeah. And so, yeah, but before we do that, Hubert and Shez kind of lay the groundwork for, like, hey, look, your powers can be connected to these evil people. Like, we're keeping an eye on you. But that just keep going here. Uh, we save Lord Lenato yeah. because he, he's a dumbass, so we have to go save him. Yep. But Gerald's mercenaries are there uh, for some reason. They are now team. They're now joined by Alois. Alois has joined the mercenaries as well. You can end this battle one of two ways. You can defeat Byleth, which I did not do, or you can fight Gerald and Alois and beat them. And that is the option I did. That's what a lot easier. Yeah, that's what I did as well. Again, a lot easier. <laughs> yep. But after this, as Tyler said, Claude's plan has come full circle. House Gloucester is now pro is now pro or anti-empire pro alliance and now they are completely against imperial rule yes as as Bert as count burgley's forces which is caspar's dad also count burgley's is a fucking crazy character in this game he's basically just the Wild strongest boy. person in fodland maybe holst could beat him if on a good day but basically this guy can just do anything he's the strongest person he leads a band of absolute monsters into the battlefield so he, his forces were sent through the Alliance territory uh, to continue north on the conquest. But, yeah, Claude's plan comes into fruition because the, the beef between Gloucester and Claude was actually fabricated to make it seem like uh, Gloucester was, you know, friendly towards the Empire so that they could march through. But now, now that Burgles' forces are deep, deep into Alliance territory— they spring the trap and count gloucester's forces turn back to the The alliance side and they surround them on all sides and try to siege their army and capture the entire army so as soon as this goes in uh edelgard is like shit that was pretty good but uh we definitely have to go fucking deal with that so now we have to go save him because it would be a terrible look if we let one of our leaders die and you're like okay but also it's more like okay this is count burgley's like Burgley is it we first of all we can't let this go Gloucester's gonna fucking pay also Burgley is, is one of our best generals we need to get him we need to get him out of there so it's honest like most people are like we are not gonna get there in time like there is no way they're gonna be able to hold out in the middle of alliance territory even Claude's like how are these guys like yeah eventually Claude is like standing. what the fuck is going on like how have I not beaten this guy yet uh but so you you begin the long trek or not really long the the blazing trek as fast as you can you have to get to the bridge of murden uh and try to stop house gloucester who is now defending uh the bridge as well to stop an imperial force rescue 
which leads to fighting uh, Lorenz and uh, Count Gloucester, which you can inc- recruit Lorenz to uh, your side, as well as uh, Ignaz and Balthus are also uh, recruitable in this battle. Definitely pick those up. You will need them for stuff later. Uh, yep. And then... Uh, after you take the bridge, it plays a cutscene where Claude assembles the Golden Deer House, uh, or kind of at least what's left of it. Uh, you have uh, Marianne, Raphael, uh, Hilda, and I think that's it. Le- Leone's not because Leone's not, not there. Lysithia is there. there. That's right. That's right. But yeah, that's that's sort of Claude's last ditch effort with this plan, and he also brings in Byleth, because I was like, oh fuck, we're so fucking screwed now yep. uh, he's like, I found this guy just walking around, and he's like, yeah, here, come in uh, Ashen Demon, and you're just like, what? yes, but, uh, this brings us to the Blitz of Regan, which is our final Imperial push to try to get to Count Burgley's forces, which I thought was really cool you had to, like, break through all these strongholds uh, oh yeah, that was a cool in flight. time to get to uh, him and then there are a few fun strategies you could do where Burgley's just goes crazy on the enemy and tears down walls and Claude is like Claude is caught off guard which you know some crazy shit happens if Claude gets caught off guard but uh, you can recruit Sithia, Raphael and Marianne uh, in this battle and definitely do that this is the first time where Arval is like alright this is your chance you've grown so strong since the last battle you can beat the Ashen Demon and you go and you have to fight Byleth as the final boss of this battle and you defeat Byleth, and you have him on the ropes. And as you're about to f- take the finishing blow, the fusion happens. Uh, a right. bit less grandiose. Uh, the, this, this is the coolest part of the game. Like, what, what happens after the fusion, I thought was so yeah, cool. Yeah, and as Byleth rises again with the green hair and the green eyes, it is not his voice or her voice that comes through. It is the distorted voice of Sothis threatening oh, threatening Sandra Lee Morris baby <laughs> threatening Shez uh, and condemning him as in a descendant of the uh, she does not say those who are in the dark but it's heavily implied to be so uh, but uh, they make a last minute escape as Byleth seems to resist Sothis's control over his body uh, which allows Shez to escape and he asks her why before the cutscene fades to black. Yeah, he literally says, why Sothis? So, like, uh, I was led to believe, oh, they've met before, but, like, not really. Yeah, because then the following cutscene is them seemingly meeting. Like, Sothis kind of explains herself uh, as, like, I'm Sothis, known as the beginning. What the hell are you doing? You need to turn over your worldly flesh to me so we can get rid of this interloper. That's right. Uh, Sothis is very much, like, she's way more... I, I, I don't want to say antagonistic, but kind of antagonistic. Like, very Byleth. aggressive, you know? Very aggressive. And what I put in the notes here was a YouTube comment that I, I, I really liked. Yeah, I so saw that. It's a, it's, a, it's a great explanation for why Sothis is a lot different from in base three houses. So in three houses, Sothis is awakened in Imperial year 1180 with her power and consciousness forced to come to fruition to save Byleth because Byleth throws him or herself before Edelgard to save her life. But... Yeah, right after that dream sequence that we talked about earlier, after that big battle at the Red Canyon in Three Houses, uh, Byleth and Sothis kind of, like, meet, kind of, in a dream-like scenario, but not really, because Sothis is still, like, hasn't come to life yet. She's like, I want to go back to bed. Mm -hmm. Let me nap. So, all that stuff. But basically, Sothis is there. The the gist of of the Three Houses explanation is Sothis is there before the events of Three Hopes. So... 
where they've had this time to bond and meet and you know get to know each other a little bit in yeah three hopes they haven't had that they this is the full two years after three house like the their first meeting in three houses so bios never needed sothis because bios alone is a force to be reckoned with but now that the shez and arvel duo has pushed them up against the ropes so this is like give me control of you and we can be okay and bios like i have no idea who you are and now that sothis has had this extra resting time essentially she comes back seemingly with her full memories intact of knowing that she is the progenitor god uh yeah. that arval and um and shez are uh, agents of those who sleep in the dark and that they need to be destroyed uh Bilet's, like teleporting all over the battlefield oh yeah it's, pretty, it's like the cool. it shows what violet's time the warp pulse. the divine pulses from an outside perspective do tell me do they have that in game like when you play as them kind of oh no way so, oh my fucking god that's sick do you want me to tell you what yeah it is yeah yeah, yeah. No? hit us with it okay so gameplay thing here when you have so you know how like when you have with shez and you hold in like zr you and, you can, like, and you like teleport around the battlefield yeah. but like kind of not really violet <laughs> stops time around her what? and you just wail on these defenseless enemies and just get these sick combos and then when you and then she like does the thing and um she like does the thing in three houses where she like puts her arm up and is like witness my true power and then like you break the times the, the time spell and they're basically just their health bars just get like cut in half. <laughs> oh my fucking god, that's so cool. It's so cool. But okay, well yeah, just rub it in my face that I missed that. Uh, oh, even dude, more. Not, that's why you have to go back and play so you can. Get I know. So I'm. I, I mean, hell, we might be able to recruit Byleth. I, I wonder if you can do that for all three routes. Like you can just. I think you can. Okay, so I don't see why hopefully not. in the next route we do. I don't fuck up and I can actually get by You're going to look it up. To do it. I will. I fucking will. Now now that now that spoilers are out the window. But anyway. Uh, after that, uh, after you see Byleth and Sotha sort of have their uh, talk. Uh, actually, you, you keep going because this, this one's a bit hazier for me and your notes probably make more sense to you. Oh, yeah. So right after that, we Claude and Hilda kind of have like a touching heart-to-heart moment where... Hilda's like, we, we did our, Claude's like, all oh, so many people died, like, by my hand, and Hilda's like, oh, we did our best, but, like, it's not clear if the Alliance has been absorbed by the Empire, like, it was in Three Houses, like, when you went to Deirdre and beat Claude, like, it was over, yeah. like, it was just completely in their Imperial hands, not made as clear here, so, put a question mark by that one, because we don't know yet, mm-hmm. but, uh, basically, Arval and Cesar are like, what the fuck what? just happened, like, god damn <laughs> and, it. <laughs> Well, before this happens, Arval's like, I sense something, like, bad's about yeah. to happen. And Chez is like, ah, we'll be fine. And then Arval's like, no, like, that's what I was talking about when I said something bad was about to happen. Uh, we what, we pissed off the little progenitor god person. And Chez is like, oh, man, well, we gotta get stronger, Arval. Have you heard that one? Yeah. Before? We gotta get stronger <laughs> so we can take down the Ashen Demon. But, yeah, we, we met Sothis for the first time in my playthrough. This is the only time I see Sothis. Like, this is it. This is the last time I see her. I'm assuming yours is a little different. Uh, nah, nah, it, it's the same. Like, you don't really, you don't... You don't see Sothis at all after I this. I think you hear her. Uh, I, I never heard her after this. It was over. I, th- I got one little reference to her in a support, which we can get into later, but... Yeah, I think, I think she talks through Byleth again in a separate, like, when I kill Byleth. <laughs> uh spoiler spoiler <laughs> we're in the spoiler section it's fine it's true uh but it's true yeah 
Byleth and Sothis, like, I thought there was going to be a way more bigger focus on them. They're on the cover of the game. I thought so, too. Sothis got, like, three lines in my playthrough, and she was done. Yeah, I thought they would have a way... I thought there would be, like, a relationship building between Shez throughout the entire game, which, like, there is, but it's just like, oh, Byleth kicks my ass. I need to get stronger to beat him or her. (laughs) And that's the extent of it, unless you recruit them, which I assume they have supports. Uh, they do. Yeah, I I, do. I I saw a YouTube thumbnail that that's two. Right? I, they have two, I believe. Not even three. But, Come on. Anyway, no. Yeah, no. But um, yeah. Uh, so now we have to go back to the kingdom. The alliance is done. Take yeah, care for now. Yeah. We go back to the tower. Can do you know the name of Aryan Road? Do you know this name of the it? Silver on, Maiden? Baby. That's right. The Silver Maiden. We got to go take the Silver Maiden because oh, this fight was so fucking uh, cool. <laughs> There's so much. Dimitri, Dimitri himself is there, like ready to kill Count Row and all of them. Yep. So we got to take care of that because Dimitri's a problem, a very big very problem. Very big problem. In the in the limited experience I've played with Dimitri, he seems unfucking. No, yeah, he but... like like in normal three houses uh, fashion, the protagonist Shez is usually the one who gets MVP in most of my playthroughs. In Dim- if you play in fucking Blue Lions. It's all Dimitri. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so freaking cool how strong so he is strong. just because of his crest. But yeah, um, we get to Aryan Road. Gwendol and Count Row are, they're kind of on the ropes here. Yeah. And Dimitri's like, you have one last chance to plead your allegiance to the kingdom or I'm going to execute you. And they're like, eh, seems okay to me. So they, they, they switch sides right in the middle of the battle. Mm. Like, I actually, like, there is a, I think there is a side mission to like, you can get there and save him. But I don't know how you can do it because it's, it's so hard. Uh, to, I to think do. I did it. I think because there was a, it was between Lonato. They didn't switch sides. It was Lonato, Gwendol, and Roe talking. Lonato. I don't think Lonato ever switches sides. I think he's always in Empire. Mm, okay, maybe I was because I think it was in because there are two Aryan Road battles. There's the there's the original uh, defense of it, and then there's the oh wait no that's the other one. Shit, sorry, I'm getting mixed up. But anyway, uh, I seem to remember them like saying like. Or like Lenano convincing Roe, like don't fucking switch sides. That yeah, like that's what. So you might have had it differently then, because Gwendol and Count Roe, I had to kill them both. Oh no, I, I I didn't kill them. Okay, so nice, we got a little gameplay difference there. I had to kill them because they switched sides to the kingdom. I guess you kept them on the imperial side, but Dimitri and Dudu themselves, they uh they make the defense of Aryan Road. They stand up to Edelgard. Uh, we, since we are the heroes, we defeat them. We do not kill them because a shocking twist. Yeah. I did not expect this coming. We've already seen Ingrid once. We fought her in like I think we fought her when we were saved Lord Lenato. You can also fight her in some of the um the side battles as well as a boss battle, I believe. Okay, I didn't do a lot. Spoiler: I did not do a lot of paralogs just because it took way too long. <laughs> but yeah we've seen ingrid she is like if you remember ingrid's character she's very much like loyalty to the kingdom and like giving her life for the cause and that's exactly what she does here in order for dimitri and dude to retreat ingrid sacrifices herself we have to literally we kill her it says on the bottom when you kill a character it just says like ingrid has died exclamation point yeah (laughs) and that's it this is this is the first mandatory student death everyone everyone else you can recruit but not Ingrid. Yeah, and looking at this note I have here, uh, it's a really cool moment at the time, but it never comes to fruition later. Uh, they get they receive her relic, Lumen, and Dimitri literally swears upon the lance that they're going to avenge her. 
and you know Sylvain and Felix. We don't see them at this moment, but I'm pretty sure they're they're really beat up. Oh, about for it. sure, absolutely. But yeah, uh, we 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 take back our we def- defend or take back. Who cares? We 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 win at Arian. Yeah, Road. we are now in control of Arian Road. <laughs> we have Arian Road. We have the Silver Maiden and the um, stubborn the old stubborn general. old general. And that's right. Um, Shez at this point has a complete character turn, and we had our first real conflict between Shez and Arvel. Shez is like, fuck fighting the Ashen Demon. Let's recruit him. And Arvel's like, that's a horrible <laughs> idea. And Shez's like, I don't know why, but Arvel says, Arvel is, in this conversation anyway, I picked up that Arvel is, knows Sothis in some manner, and knows of Sothis, and knows what Sothis can do, and thinks it is their fate, or partner in destiny. <laughs> to kill them i mean there are many but, instances in the game where like like uh arval has like a feeling when he first sees Kranya. you know like he has a he has a feeling when he sees these people from those that are in the dark so i don't think that he knows sothis but i think that it's the same like he it's almost like in his nature to fear sothis and to to want to destroy her. So even though he doesn't we'll that know Sothis specifically. We'll get to that miscellaneous. We'll get to the, we'll get to the whole Sothis Arvel thing. Yeah, I, I guess you know, because I don't. Because you, you I did have, the right. I, I, have, I have a gripe with that. Okay. Um, okay, so get back to... So Edelgard's like, I think we should take five. And we go back to Embar, <laughs> and we and we were like... Edelgard's like, we're done... We we've literally ran across the country of Fodland to save these assholes. Let's go back and take a break. There's no such thing no. anymore. Because the Knights of Saros themselves know of secret passages in the palace and they attempt to assassinate Edelgard and nearly succeed. Shamir nearly puts an arrow right through Edelgard's eyes before Shez deflects it at the last moment. And right away, Hubert and Edelgard are like there's a traitor in our miss, and they immediately suspect Shez because of his connection to those who slur in the dark but yeah shamir and catherine launch an assassination attempt on imperial forces um you can recruit shamir here which i have a problem with because there is no way in hell they would ever let the person who tried to assassinate the emperor live in this moment i thought shamir should have died here that's just me personally i mean with the way i mean she's a she's good at her job and they know that she can be swayed with money. You know, like, she is not beholden to the church. She's, oh, yeah, she is no longer a Knight of Saros at this point. That's, that's worth noting. Yeah, I mean, she was hired by the Knights of Saros. Like, she was working with Catherine. But she's no longer strictly works for them. She's a she's a No, but, like, they, they're like, okay, you're good enough to get in here. We'd rather have you on our side if you can. And it's not like, like, they beat the shit out of her thoroughly before extending the offer. <laughs> they do. We beat her multiple times. And, like, it seems like, you know, Hubert... Hubert's just the information guy. Hubert and Edelgard are very v- well-versed in Shamir's loyalty situation, so they were pretty confident that... Because she's from Dagda. Yeah, so they, were, they, they were pretty confident that she could be that. swayed, which that's kind of how I saw it. Not sure if you got this moment here, but there's the... Her and Petra actually have a nice little interaction. If Petra's in the battle and fighting her, they're like are you a princess from Bridget? And she's like, oh, are you from Dagda? And they're like, well, why are you fighting with the Empire? And, you know, that, that yeah, cool. I, I believe... There are a lot of cool moments like that in this game. Yeah, I, I believe I did get that as well. There there are definitely a lot of cool... We will, we will get to Petra later. We will get... We'll talk plenty of Petra. Oh, yes. Um, okay, so we're in, like, chapter, I think, like, 
nine or ten now. Uh, Edelgard and Hubert apologize to Shez because they both admit they did not trust him. That's why he was made a general for the Imperial Army, so they can keep an eye on him. But they agree that like he is to be trusted, and they can rely on him. And that is actually the end of part one. As we have yet another time skip. This time, five, five months. months after the assassination attempt on Edelgard, uh, we see a pretty moment. This is my first, like, this is another oh shit moment in this game. That's why I said, yeah, me too. Yeah, where Edelgard and Claude meet in Alliance territory and sign a pact and agree to like a protection pact essentially uh where claude allies himself with the empire in order to declare war on the kingdom in order to unify fodlin and hilda voices her doubts of course uh but claude re yeah, hilda's not cool with this yeah at hilda's all. not okay with this but claude is like don't worry this benefits us we're good it's okay but uh yeah the kingdom does not uh does not expect this at all and uh is like okay we're on our last legs and they recruit gerald's mercenaries to try and of course they do of course why wouldn't they? i mean seeing how they've been tearing up the battlefield every time they're deployed it makes sense uh yeah no definitely uh we see felix here for the first time actually who is now the shield of fargus yes that is true because you know some uh, that's also a thing. Uh, I guess we can talk about this, even though it's not explicitly stated in this route. Uh, the the tragedy of Dusker, like, conspiracy, is, again, one of those plot points that is just revealed right at the beginning of this game. Like, they know that those who slither in the dark had had their hand in it. They, they know that it was not the people of Dusker. And uh, Rodrigue essentially kind of uh, takes the blame upon himself in the public eye in order to keep the rest of the kingdom family unsullied. And that's how Felix and that's how And Felix that's how Felix the... rises to dukedom. Yes. Oh, that's really cool. I like that. I'm excited to play that route. That that I think that's going to be a really good one. Uh, but... from what I've played, it is very very good. Uh I mean, you have Chris Hackney just absolutely killing it. Dimitri just car I'm Dimitri kidding. just carries the route that he's in. But anyway, of course he does. But I so based on my notes, I think this is the first battle, the biggest plot, what we just talked about, this is the first battle after the part two. So uh, the subjugation of the Western Kingdom, we are going to finish off the Western Kingdom so they can be completely unified under Imperial rule. Mm -hmm. Claude and the Alliance are actually banging on Fraldarius territory's door, so we are going to pincer them basically yep. from the east and west, which is basically why we signed the pact. But Arval again tells Shez, uh, something's going to go horribly wrong here, and this is when the game tells you, uh, what happens here makes a big impact on the story. So, like we said earlier, you can recruit Bioth and Gerald here. I did, Tyler did not, so we might get a little bit different here when it comes to the story. But yes. regardless, what happens is uh, you kill Roger. I think you kill Rodrigue regardless, and so he's dead. 
and the Western Kingdom now is on its last legs because for the first time we see Annette mm-hmm. and Gustav and Baron Dominic, who see all, who all seem to have a great relationship here in this game, whereas in the other one it was a little strained, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, now I have Bioth at my base and recruited. And when you first see Bioth, she's actually behind the desk of the tactics instructor in the classroom, which I was like, ah, uh, it's very good. nice, very nice nod, but. We'll get to play it. We'll get that in like miscellaneous with characters and stuff. But so to finish off the Western Kingdom, we kill Baron Dominic, Gustav, and sadly Annette as well. Which, if you recruited Mercedes, she actually, like, when you talk to her in the next chapter, she's like, I'm just saying a prayer for my friend. And you're just like, oh, fuck. But, I did not kill Annette. Really? You didn't? I had to. No. Uh, I took the secret route behind the forces. Uh, I did not know there was one. Is that in strategy? That's a strategy. You have to open up a secret passage, and you fight Annette, but then Gustav comes in and shields her escape, so she gets away. So she does not die. Uh, in my, if you I had to kill Goose, I had to kill. I killed Gustav before Annette even showed up. Yeah, I I did not kill. That might be one of the things too. I did not kill Gustav before uh, Annette showed up, so that allowed him to come in to her rescue. And, Interesting. Uh, okay. And she got away. And Mercedes, after the fact, is like, you know, I'm sad we had to do that, but I'm glad that Annie is still alive. So, yeah. Damn. I there is a lot that. of variation That's you can cool. do. In, That's really there's cool. There's a lot of variation you can do in this game, both with dialogue, um, with characters. Like, for instance, uh, we had in the notes that uh, Hubert and Shez have another talk about those who sleep in the dark. And if you have Lysithia with you, she She's joins as well, which makes me wonder like what if you killed lysithia does that go the same way well another thing with lysithia and if you have happy as well you actually get a paralogue which we'll talk about because i do not think they did enough with it because it's so it's such a cool idea but there are a lot of like there was a lot of interaction between the different members of the houses between battles which is really yeah so i like i wonder what happens if one of those people has died in a previous battle like, do they... Because com- in Three Houses, I don't think anyone comments on the deaths of characters. Again, but it... they Sometimes, but it's not like it completely takes away a story option. Yeah, but for this game, there are some bigger moments. Like, Ferdinand has actually a pretty big role in this second part of the game. So what the it's hell really happens cool. if he died beforehand? That's a good point. Like... Like, that could all be changed. Like, if he died in Chapter 8, like, what like, happens in Chapter 12? Yeah. Like, what? So, there's We're there's a lot of variation that I think could happen in this game. There might be need some experimentation, I'm sure. We can find some YouTube videos, like, every single change that happens if this character dies. But, yeah, regardless, back on track. Maybe we should make the video. Maybe we should make the video. That'll make us rich. Uh, but anyway, exactly. this is all you, because I basically went straight from this last fight to the next fight but you had some extra stuff so go okay, for it so in so after we uh beat we we, we shut down the western alliance uh, oh my god the western kingdom they're done done for we we run that ship we run that ship easily. yep that's right in harim territory um which is if you remember for basing that's kind of where shambhala is yeah. oh wait no those i did i did have dark, this battle they, too sorry sorry i, I forgot okay. so we're good those just learn in the dark they've made their move Finally, they've made their move. They have sent Hrim, which is where I believe Eurita's from, 
and Ordelia, which is where Lysithia is from, they have sent them into chaos. So I'm assuming it was a lot like Remire Village from the base mm-hmm. game, where they are just like human experiments running around killing each other. Yeah. Leone and Hanneman. <laughs> what, what a, a duo. What a weird duo. They are defending the front lines, trying to defuse the situation. We've actually not seen Leone. may have seen her once besides this, but this is the first time we actually get like, to see a little bit of her character. Not in Gerald's Mercenaries. No, just, I, I was shocked. I was, I was shocked Alois was and she was. That's kind of surprising. Yep, me. just part of the uh, part of the defense force of the of the Leicester Alliance. Edelgard is noticeably shaken up seeing this. Obviously. And she's like, we need to save every single innocent life. All of them. Do not let one person die. But Solon's behind this. He's like the lead boss. You defeat him. You save the citizens. And... The old stubborn general, Fort Mercius, has been taken over by none other than... Duke Iyer. Duke Iyer. And he has teamed up with those who slew in the dark. And they plan to march on Enbar and basically did what Edelgard did two years earlier. And overthrow the political regime and take back uh, the Adrestia for themselves. But in the as he's like giving his monologue, he says, if I'm to be defeated, it has to be you, Ferdinand, who strikes me down. Which... Then, in turn, we get a scene where Ferdinand's like, you need to let me fight on the front lines. And then Edelgard's like, okay, but you need to follow the game plan. And he's like, done. Yeah, yeah. Really cool this, stuff. This there. was a cool but fight. I did like, I liked this as well. We take back Fort Mercius, which results in us actually killing off Kranya, which finally. is very nice. Yeah. She's been, she's finally, exactly. Um, house Fenya, which I don't think got any mention in Base Three Houses, but that is a house that is loyal to the Iyer, I guess, like, party. Yeah. They are defeated, and... We actually get an in-game cinematic. The Warriors cinematics are so good. I love I love their art direction and cinematics they do. Of Ferdinand and Hubert. Well, we Hubert uses Meyer B on like all these armored soldiers, and he's like, and he says to Ferdinand, he's like, "I'll save the final blow for you." That was really no, cool. that was so sick. But I was like, "Oh my god, that was so <laughs> sick!" Awesome. Oh, that was so cool. And Ferdinand has Ferdinand a killer lance his, in this fucking cutscene. He's a killer lance, and he's fighting off his dad, who has a sword and an axe, or not a sword, a shield and an axe, and. I think it's implied that Ferdinand cuts off his head. And that definitely seems to be where that strike was going. <laughs> it was right on his neck, and I'm thinking, oh, shit. Like, he just decapitated him, or at the very least, like, cut his throat or something. But Duke Iyer's gone. He is a very – he's a dead man. We do not get the Duke Iyer has died. He's just dead. And, you know, Ferdinand's, like, a little shaken up, but he is officially now the next Duke Iyer, and Edelgard actually commends him for what he did, which – those two always butt heads in base three houses, so it was pretty cool that they had that moment. And again, great work by uh, Billy Cam. Oh that yeah, moment. that was awesome. Uh, he's he had a lot of emotional moments in this game, like uh, when yeah, definitely in this route for sure. When his uh, when his father was first captured, because uh, he was in jail for a little bit uh, after. Yeah, he didn't go to that battle. That's yeah, right. he he was in jail for a little bit after the initial uh, Edelgard takeover of the capital of Enbar, uh, and then at some point during the game, he escapes. Uh, in one of the scuffles, uh, and you know, Ferdinand's like, I, I, I wanted to bring him in, like as his son. I wanted to ha- him to have a fair and, trial. And give him a fair trial. Uh, yep. You know, I, I had I had gathered documents on him. I was going to do it, but then he got away, and I stalled too much. And I'm sorry about that. But part of me really does hope that he just kind of found some quiet life on the countryside, and he does not make himself known. And Hubert's like buddy you that's not that's not that's, not, that's not what's gonna fucking happen because i know duke Iyer and you should too 
yeah, like we got to kill this guy. And to his credit, he does. And he does. Yeah. Ferdinand does not pull his punches. Oh no, but no, not at all. Ferdinand kicks some serious ass in that last battle. Um, all right, Adrestia is no longer a problem. Finally, addressed all the all the rebellions, all of the. It's, it's yeah. over. Everyone's pro Edelgard because they've seen what she can do now, and everyone's like, "All right, we're just gonna fall in line." So, yep. But we go back to Garrig Mach, where we regroup and kind of reassess ourselves, our plan. We are going to the kingdom. We actually call Claude in for a council, mm-hmm. and Claude has already predicted the movements of the kingdom because he is a genius, genius. And he's like, "It makes no sense for them to go west because we can trap them in because we own because we own the west and you're at Garrig Mach. We can pinch them in. They're gonna go east to ALL, which is where." We should go and fuck them up. We should go to ALL and fight them head on. And this is this game's version of the war at Grandefeu. Correct. have so i was curious because of the bio thing it does claude is he on your team the whole time or does he oh betray you? uh yeah he betrays our ass um at the that's why i thought at the battle of alo cutscene plays my cutscene is probably different from yours but it's the three armies basically he as we go into alo uh as we're going to alo to uh to meet the kingdom and the church knights of saros claude uh gives a rousing speech to his troops and is like we didn't join the Empire because we wanted to. We joined because they didn't give us a choice. Because they were they were threatening us. So now we have a chance to take back Lester on our own terms. So fuck this. We're taking... Actually, no. He said, he declares war on the kingdom and the Empire. Oh, he's shit. Like, what a badass. He's like, the Empire is too power hungry. The kingdom is living in the past. We've got to take this ourselves by ourselves and he declares war and then the cutscene the beautiful cg cutscene plays with claude dimitri and Aelgard once again at each other's throats uh i did not get that scene that's really cool though but like claude and all his guys are like up on the mountains on the cliff side yeah i, I got that he too. had like the the wyverns ready to go and uh you had the standoff between Edelgard and Dimitri and the Knights of Saros off sort of in the distance, ready to strike as well uh, with uh, Flane and Sedith. 
and then the I thought he I thought he would betray you. That's why. Yep, I he he betrays he betrays us in in my route. Does he not for you? Did you have to kill him? We did not kill him. We only forced him to retreat. Okay, so that so yeah, Claude's on my he's on my team the whole battle. Really? Which is pretty cool. Okay. I don't control him, but he's on my team. That must make that battle the, way easier, right? Yeah. No, we t if you take out an entire army, I imagine it's a lot. Because holy but. shit, I, there was. I had to micromanage so much in that battle. Like we get Hilda <laughs> and Claude. We get both Jesus. of them. Jesus. But wait, yeah, because Hilda's defending a stronghold, and then Claude's like kind of just doing his thing, and then like one of the strongholds he's taking, he's like, "No, nah, I'll go take care of that, but I, I can't do it alone. You have to go like send someone help him out." But it, yeah, so Claude actually stays on my team this entire battle because mm. they don't have the luxury of having Byleth join the fray. Yeah. Now, speaking of. I feel like this is where your route severely differs from mine. Oh yes. At the end of this battle. Yeah. My but my in my fight, we defeat the kingdom, which because it's the only person we're excuse me, only team we're fighting really. Yeah. It, it's a long battle. It's like a 25-30 minute battle. But yes. After this, uh, oh I should mention we kill Sylvain. He dies here. Same. Felix retreats. Sylvain dies. Same here. But. Yeah, uh, afterwards, Dimitri is retreating into the forest, and Claude actually pursues him, and is he's pursuing him by himself, and Edelgard says, Shez, Byleth, go follow Claude, not because I don't trust him, but because I want to be the one to take Dimitri in. Mm. And that's where my thing happens. So before I get into mine, what happened in yours? Yours is a little more straightforward. So, instead, uh, what happens? We get, We need to rewind a bit. Because back when... Divine Pulse it. Yeah, we're Divine Pulsing real quick. Back when we were fighting... Uh, back when you had the ability to recruit Byleth, right? Uh, we did not actually kill Byleth in that moment. We killed Geralt. That's what I thought. Yeah, so you... Shez takes on Geralt by himself, uh, knocks Geralt off his horse, injures his hand. Geralt's doing his best to sort of you know, gain his composure, he whips around his spear and catches the two swords uh, of Shez and uh, throws him off, and then in one final sort of clash, Shez strikes through him, and Geralt falls in the rain, and he says, you know, I guess it had to happen at some point, the rest is up to you, kid, and dies smiling uh, on the battlefield. And that's also where Randolph dies. Did Randolph die for you as well? No, he did not. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Randolph... Ladislav and Randolph live for me. Yeah, Randolph dies uh, in that battle, and Flaish is forced to watch as Byleth himself cuts down Randolph uh, with that's with cool. Sothis's voice. I believe that is the second time I hear a voice. Oh, that's so she's, cool. She's like, oh, that's so metal. She's like insignificant or something, or get out of the way, and he just kills him right in front of Flaish. Oh my god, that's insane. And then the rest of the Imperial forces come to chase Byleth off, so Flaish is fine, but she like never takes her eyes off of randolph's body and falls to her knees and shez takes the blame on himself he's like i was too focused on gerald i, I should have gone back to i'm, I'm sorry you know and flesh has a bit of an arc as well where she's on like a vengeance path you don't get to play as her but uh you avenge her eventually because in the battle of alo byleth comes back uh you see um in the battle before, there's another cutscene with Byleth and Sothis, where Sothis is like, that was your father, wasn't it? Are you not mad? Are you not, like, furious at his demise? 
if you turn over your worldly flesh to me, I can give you the vengeance you want. Uh, but Byleth is still unsure about it. It's also a little weird because Byleth does not have the emotional reaction to his father's death that he has in Three Houses. He actually cries. Yeah, but Aloise does. Aloise is there, and Aloise tell is the Aloise is the one to tell Byleth the bad news. Byleth is like, he's a mercenary. Their lives are often cut short, but he's kind of like looking away from the camera. But the rest of the game, it's acted like as if he is very mad about this, which he should be. But it's just kind of like the line that he says didn't really convey that super well. But yeah. Regardless, he reappears at the Battle of ALL, and he is the final boss. After you have routed both the kingdom and the alliance, alliance. Byleth shows up, and you fight the Ashen Demon one last time. And you go at it. I believe you're in your awakened form in the cutscene, even if you don't defeat him with the awakened form. Uh, and you you know, you know, trade blows. The cutscene is super sick. It almost looks like it's going to be a recreation of the first time where Byleth tries to step on his feet uh, to to trip him, but I think he dodges it. And in the final strike, the camera zooms out, and there's a bunch of pulses, one after another, of purple and green, almost like they're expending all of their use of the divine pulse and the teleportation ability at once, just putting it all on the line to see if they can get that last sort of uh, advantage they need, and then... They both there's like a small explosion of power as they both go rocketing off in two different directions. But Shez gets up and Byleth's does not, and his hair fades back to blue, and he stops moving, and that is when Byleth falls. In my in my game, that's a pretty cool moment, for sure. I I I don't like seeing Byleth die personally, but you know knowing that there's two options is pretty I could cool. not fucking believe it. Like, I was like, there's no way he's dead, right? But then the hair faded. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. What do I even do now? <laughs> but, yeah, that yeah, is... Yeah, like I said, I, I, if that was me, I'd have been rooting for Byleth so hard. <laughs> I, I, w- I was, too. I'm like, there's no way. Like, you have to kill him. Like, there's no way we're strong enough. But then we no, we did yeah. it. Uh, and then... Just, it was Ar- was Arval like, we finally got strong? Arval is like, old. yeah, we we finally did it. You, you did it. <laughs> Uh, but but um, this is where the game rubs it in your face that it could have been different, because Chez is like I, I don't really feel Didn't want to. I, I kind of feel empty like I don't feel satisfied about this, like it feels like there was another way, to, for this to happen. <laughs> it's almost like I could have recruited. Yeah, it's like fuck you, man. I'm already sad here. <laughs> but uh, Arval doesn't really. That that's kind of it. Arval doesn't say anything else for the rest of the game, pretty much. Uh, okay, so we have, we have that in common. Sorry, I thought when I said before, like, oh, I just went from this battle to this, this battle. That was a bit early. This is the moment after you beat Byleth, where you go straight. To I go Mach. straight to the Garrick mock battle, but you have a little bit of an extra thing. So uh, go for it. Okay. So yep. So like I said, we defeat Dimitri at ALL. Claude himself pursues Dimitri, like Dimitri's retreating. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens is. Edelgard sends Shez and Byleth after Dimit- after Claude, because Edelgard wants to take Dimitri in himself. Arval now has completely possessed Shez mm-hmm. and is trying to kill Byleth. And Shez is fighting it, a lot like Byleth was fighting it earlier with Sothis. And Shez says, like, run while you can't. Because, like, they've kind of got a little buddy-buddy going on here where they're not, they don't, they're, they're, they're not friends, but they're friendly. And Byleth is literally running away from Shez, so you're like, oh, shit, like, Shez could probably actually kill Byleth here, but... 
yeah, you have to fight Shez now. You like you lose Shez. He's no longer oh, one of your units. You have to fight against. You have to fight against him. Which thankfully I didn't really use him much to begin with, so he was very underrated. I would have been fucked. I would have been so fucked. But yeah, um, so what happens is during the battle you have to like save Byleth. Like don't let Byleth get routed is the main mission. But you would take off like a quarter of Shez's health, and he would teleport Byleth somewhere else on the map, and you'd have to go chase after. What? Him. That's sick. Yeah, so he like they would use the warping thing because he's gone full. Those are in the dark at this point. Yeah, so he's using like Solon's warping thing around the battlefield. Oh. So I'm like sending. I'm like, and like during this time, like those are in the dark. It's like Solon's here now. Like they're sending all these. Re- Solon's like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. This is sick. <laughs> and, he's, and he's just and he's to send people after him and his reinforcing to take hold of the strongholds. You have to keep Claude alive because he's fighting Dimitri. Oh my god, and that's so crazy. But anyway. All this is done. You beat, you, you beat Shez. You imprison him. He's exhausted. He breaks out of imprisonment somehow, and then he goes and kills Solon. Oh, okay. Which opens up a portal to the dimension of Zaharas, which is where Byleth was trapped in three houses. In three houses, when she cut the reality. That's all we all know that moment. Yeah. When they fuse. Somehow. Claude, Dimitri, and Edelgard also get transported to this dimension. You are now like kind of in this reality of nothingness and this is when we get that person the very beginning of the game the person we led with the with the orange crown yeah. like with the mages that character appears uh, and talks to arvel okay and is like you are like essentially like a descendant of me like our our, our purpose is to like kill sothis which hasn't happened yet for you it has happened but for you it hasn't this character's name is epiminidus <laughs> what this character's name is Epiminidus. She is kind of like the goddess of those who slew in the dark. Wow. She is like who they worship. He he he's it's a he. He is who they worship basically. So what's actually cool about this here is that the house lords all like talk to each other. So Claude and Edelgard actually talk about like Claude's like I think we should team up and kill Dimitri, and <laughs> Jesus and like. And that um, Edelgard's like, no, like, we're fighting the church. Like, we're not trying to unify Fodlin. Like, but Edelgard just wants to overthrow the hierarchy of power. She doesn't want to necessarily unify Fodlin. Like, for me, anyway. That's what she said. Okay, yeah. Um, she wants to get rid of the kingdom. Claw doesn't really, so they kind of work back and forth. But they both, they agree that, like, the, the structure of power needs to go. Mm-hmm. When you talk to Claude, Edelgard and Dimitri have, like, a conversation where Edelgard, Dimitri actually asks Edelgard about her mother. And we actually get a name for her mother. Her name is Al- Anselma. 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 And they kind of talk about tra- – because he wants to know about the tragedy of Dusker, which kind of, I guess, gives you some insight into that route if you haven't picked it. Mm-hmm. But a tremor shake – like, a tremor or something happens. Edelgard falls, and, like, there's this – like, a lot like how there was a um, picture of Claude and Edelgard shaking hands, like, with the cool art style. Yeah. There's a cool art style picture of Dimitri picking up Edelgard. Mm. And – it, and then she's and Dimitri's like funny. I remember doing this for a girl back when I was a kid. And Edelgard's like funny. I remember being picked up. And they're like, wait, you and and you and uh, they agree like, oh that, that that couldn't possibly have been us. But Dimitri clearly knows because he calls her L. I see. So, but yeah, we um, we we move ahead. We you hop through like these portals basically, or you like go up to these portals and hit A, and it transports you around Zaharas and um. Epimenides is talking to you, and he's like, "My, I, I sent Arvel to use Shez as like a vessel to save like my people, which is those who are in the dark." But so what happens now is you battle Epimenides, but you don't battle him right away. 
He summons phantoms of your classmates. He summons Dudu, Huber, and Hilda, and you have to fight against them. Oh. And if you fight, and they'll, like, have lines, and they're like, and Huber's like, your majesty, like, we're so close. Why are you turning on me now? And Adolgar's like, it's so real. And, like, if you kill them, like, their death screams, claws, like, their, their death screams sound so real, but it can't possibly be them. Mm-hmm. Then you get transported to another area where you have to fight phantoms of Edelgard, Dimitri, and Claude. And Shez, I think. Okay. I think Shez hops up, too. Okay. Actually, no, not yet. Um, Got it. Then you fight them off. And then there's one more where this is kind of like Epimetus, like, you can do damage to him while you're doing this, but he casts, like, a barrier, like, an immune barrier, and you have to fight Shez and Byleth, phantoms of those. <sighs> and you kill them. And then this scene plays where you finally beat Epimetus, and it's, like, it's Shez cutting through, like, these different realities, and he strikes him down and it's Arval talking to you because Arval is under control of this power and in killing Epimetus you also kill Arval so mm. you can't hear it's a lot like you you can't hear Arval like says literally says like I can't hear Arval's voice anymore but huh. regardless you leave this dimension and they all have like a truce and they all go their separate ways. And they agree not to fight anymore. And Dimitri's even like, I hope we can do this again one day. And he's like, not the fighting part, the talking. And he walks off. And that's it. You don't see Claude again, you don't see Dimitri again. But Nailguard's like, okay, now we gotta go to Garagmok and end this shit. Yep, this is where I think we pick back up with me as yep, well. We, yep, where yep, I think we're good Dimitri, too. Where uh, after the Battle of ALL, for me at least, Nailguard receives reports of like, yo some shit's going down at Garrick Mock, like, immediately after the battle. That This is what it was for me. It's like... Well, because, um, Edelgard's like, why wasn't Rhea here? Yeah, exactly. And, why were the Knights of Saros not here? And then someone picks then someone picks up on it, like... Um, I think it was Ferdinand. Oh, yeah, there it was a, Ferdinand. Uh, Ferdinand's like, yeah, they're at Garrick Mock, and Hubert's like, oh, he, he's right. Yeah, Ferdinand's <laughs> like, there must be secret, like, passages through this valley... At that Mach. get to Garrick Mach, because how else could they have gotten from Garrick Mach to the kingdom without us running so into fast. them? Yeah, so fast. And yeah. then Hubert's like, shit, you're right. We need to get the fuck over there. So. Yeah, this battle took fucking. Oh, forever. yeah. The second capture of Garrick Mach has so many gimmicks. You got teleporters. You got those who slither in the dark coming in. You got the Knights of Saros coming in. You have in. to save Count Varley. You have to save Count Varley, much like you I saved Berkeley's. I let him die twice on accident. You did. Accident <laughs> I didn't think you could say because I forgot. I don't use Edelgard, so I didn't have a heavy armored unit. At least I didn't know you can assign one to break down a yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah. Because I did this battle three times as I failed twice on normal. Then I'm like, fuck this. I want this to be over. And I'm in <laughs> easy mode. Yeah. And I sent Edelgard to break down the wall. I'm like, oh, okay. There's already people in there with him. That makes yep, sense. But yep. So I saved him. I saved yeah, him. Yeah, as, as did I. But uh, you, you cut through the monastery. You beat Cyril. You beat Catherine. Uh,. I don't think you beat Sedith. You do beat Mycin. He's a new character for those of us in the dark. Sedith's not in this fight at all. I no, don't I don't think so. I don't think you beat Sedith or Flane in this fight. Uh, you beat Flane at ALL, but she hasn't died. Yeah, you, you, not, neither of them died, so they're still alive at the end of the story. But then you run across the Monastery Bridge, unopposed. You, you run across the Monastery Bridge <laughs> yep. to the... Do you fight Talos before you get to... Yes, you do. You fight Talos before, but he... Oh yeah, you. I think you, you, you fight Talos and Rhea. I think at the same time. Uh, so what happens is you. I did this yesterday. Okay. So I had fresh okay, okay, okay. You fight Talos in this one room and you beat him. Oh yes, no, like, you're right. You're ah! right. Yes. And then he like retreats, and then then you run through the cathedral bridge, which is so cool. 
and Rhea's like waiting in the cathedral there for you. And if you have Byleth in your party, Rhea's like, it can't be. Like, you look so much like, and she's like, well, why are you fighting me? Yeah. And then Byleth's like, you're acting as if we've met before. It's so, oh, so that's... cool. I had Geralt with me too, but she didn't say anything to Geralt, so I wonder if you'd have him in your party. But yeah. regardless, you fight Rhea, you take about like, I would say like 30% of her health away. And then she's like, all right, um, Super Saiyan mode, and turns in the Immaculate One, which is by far the hardest fight in the game. She just hits so one. hard. Like, I, I had to keep spamming vulnerabilities because one attack My Shez take... died in this fight. Really? The That's how my... I, well, so what happened was I lost Dorothy and Petra. I'm like, I'm not... That's not happening. So I restarted. <laughs> yeah. And then Shez died, and I'm like, okay, well, I have to restart. And then, yeah, so that's what happens. Every single time I was like... Yeah, no, this unit's in trouble. I'm like, how is that possible? They just healed 10 seconds ago. But yeah, I... Yeah, this fight was brutal. I, I ordered, like, I think Lysithia was the one that I wasn't in control of that was about to die. I'm like, I'm going to order you to the other end of the room. Get the fuck out of here. And that's why I did, too. This room was so small. It was very small. It wasn't a big, big fight for a, for a dragon. It wasn't a lot of place to move. But you beat the Immaculate One. And, no, because I think... What? Talus comes she back in. She turns back into Rhea. Yeah, she turns back into she Rhea. She turns back into Rhea, and then Talus is like, in. I'm here. And then it's Talus versus your eight Imperial Generals versus Rhea in this free-for-all, basically. Which, that's pretty easy. You just beat all of them. Yeah, you just spam warrior specials to them in the corner until they die. That's what I did. Exactly. Or, you, yeah, just spam X with, like, Petra. Um, yes, yes, and correct. That's what I did, so. Then you... Okay. Then you... <sighs> here's where the game kind of drops the ball. At the fucking finish line oh my god they fall like i text you they fall flat on their face at the finish line so what happens is you kind of everyone kind of gets like is fighting and they get out to the monastery bridge once again you're fighting on the bridge it's edelgard and shez versus tallest versus raya and tall uh edelgard and shez are kind of back to back between one side raya other side uh tallest and tallest is like casting this uh darkness spell and throws it it ends up hitting Rhea instead of the uh the other two and uh i think talus and Rhea then sort of get into a sort of a beam dragon ball beam struggle almost so okay so what happens i think is or do you, I, you edelgard yeah. charges edelgard charges talus i think talus like pushes her back and then talus is getting this magic attack ready he shoots it at the two but like Rhea jumps over both of them and, like, then he puts up, like, this, like, hyper beam, and then Rhea's, like, a t- blocking with her sword. And then, like, it goes back and forth a couple times, and, like, it gives you that classic white and black animation where Edel- oh, Edelgarden says retreat to the end of the bridge. Yeah. But these two are, like, gridlocked in battle, and it blows up. Well, I think Shez, like, just throws his sword. He does. He because he, he he stabs Talus in the foot. I remember that. He does. Yeah, he pins Talus down. So he misses one of his attacks against Rhea, and then... Oh no, he that might have been his, him to miss Edelgard. I think he misses Edelgard because yeah, of that. And yeah. Then Rhea jumps over the two of them, and then they get the hyper beam, and then explosion. Then the bridge blows up, and Edelgard's like, "Yeah, hey, there's no way they survived that." And that's it. And then they high five, <laughs> and then we get a Star Wars like text crawl of what happens after that, and then the credits roll. It's like, what? How is that what you end on? Like, there's yeah, no, no grandiose, um, like, victory party or anything. Like, at least for me, we still had the kingdom to deal with. Like, 
No, yeah, of the two strongest factions against the Empire, House of Sfrall, Darius, and Blated, we're still just perfectly and, fine. And, like, Claude just betrayed us. It's not like we have control over his territory anymore. There's a lot more to do. And then the game just ends. <laughs> nope. It's over. And, like, for you, like, it makes a bit more sense. But, like, even still, like, it just ends on them high-fiving on the bridge, and then it's done? Like, I feel like there should be a more grandiose ending to this. No, that was it. I, that that's the end of the route. It sucked. The the ending sucked. Yeah, and that's the, at least and for my route, definitely, it's like I didn't learn a fucking thing about Shez or Arvel. I don't know what's going on with them. There are so many more questions, and you just end it yeah, there. I, it was brutal. I I because like I thought we were in a completely different endings when when I found out we were doing two different things. But I was like, wait, what? And you're like. And I was like, that's it? And you're like, oh, we got the same ending. Like, oh, oh, oh snap. But yeah. Yeah, that. So we're just going to let Dimitri, Felix, Flane, Sedith, and Claude all live. We're cool with that. And we don't completely. Fodlin's not unified. Like, we took out the power structure, sure. But not everyone's going to be cool with that. So. Yeah, like, there's a like, lot more work to be Claude done. Claude could call Almira tomorrow and we have a big problem. <laughs> it's true. And, like, uh, I don't know. It just feels like there were so many. Like, nothing... I don't know. Like, I feel like Abyss was not used at all, which I thought was a little strange. There's one paralogue, but Abyss itself is not in the game at all. Abyss is not in the game. I, like, there's no reference at all to, like, Citri or Byleth's connection to Rhea at all. Okay, I I, I do have Citri connection, but I don't have any to Rhea. You You had a Citri thing? When yeah, Gerald actually, Gerald and Manuela have support like conversations, and they talk about Citri. Are you serious? I'm fucking. I'm even more pissed now. What the hell? No, yeah, Gerald and because Ma- Manuela obviously is just like there's a lot of sexual energy with with that character, but yes, no, Gerald's like um, cause I'm not gonna spoil their parallel, but yeah, they talk a lot about Citri. They talk a lot about her, and even like when the conversations with Gerald and Bioth have conversation like supports, and they talk about Citri. And, like, if you pick the daughter, it's she's, like, you just remind me, like, so much of your mother. Like, this happened. It just reminds me of so much of you. And But, no, you are correct. There is zero connection between Rhea and, and Byleth. Like, literally the only thing I got was their in-game battle dialogue. Yeah, like, I... I there's no supports or anything. Like, I like, like, overall, I like the game, but it feels, like, it feels like this ending was rushed. I can't give the game a grade because I'm going to wait to play other routes. Yeah, but Alex said the same thing about Golden Deer, which has me. Well, yeah, that that that, that makes me worried too. It's like how you can't fuck up Golden Deer. That's the Golden Child route of this game. No, you can't. Like again, like it just ended so abruptly. Yeah, it, literally so abruptly. It was just like I was like, okay, you know, that's a big thing done, but there's got to be like, like there's no way we're done right it felt like the battle itself felt climactic but just the cinematic and the, the way like, okay, uh, the way that it left things new game plus time yeah it's <laughs> new game plus yep time. time to transfer your save data it's like wh- really so that, yeah, that kind of that's kind of a really big like momentum killer at the end of the game oh huge it's just like a huge like wait what like it doesn't really carry you to the finish line you, uh, like Colby said, you faceplant, you skid a few meters, and then you have to, like, crawl over the finish line so you technically finish, but, like, it wasn't very graceful. Yeah, like, you're on track for, like, great time 
for like a mile. You're about to run like a seven minute mile and you fall down, scrape your knee, and then it's like an eight forty five mile. <laughs> like with like with like a tenth of a mile to go. You're like, Oh god damn, that sucked. But Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. And like the, the, the route Star was, Wars like text. I still crawl think the, the route end. was pretty yeah. good. I still think the route was pretty good. I, I thought it was like, good. I think yeah. the story I I thought the it just fell really, really flat at the end. It really like even like the stuff that I got with like Zod, it didn't make a ton of sense. It's just like here's a very quick explanation about everything. Okay, now go fight this person and kill them. Yeah, like it's classic Japanese thing. We're like, okay, we have to kill reality now. Yep, gotta kill God, of course. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know, but fighting as Dimitri and Claude was pretty cool. Like in their final classes. Yeah, of course. I mean that that's cool. Again, it it's weird that it all just kind of gets thrown out there. I mean, obviously, there are f- some foreshadowing of, like, here's Shez's. Like, you're obviously connected to those who are in the dark. Yeah, but that's the thing. The foreshadowing's the same the whole time. Yeah, it's, it's like Hubert's telling you. Now Lysithia and Hubert are telling you. Now Edelgard and Hubert are telling you. Like, okay, I get it. I'm connected to those who are in the dark. Can we make progress Yeah, here? can we? Can you give us some more details throughout the story? But it's, no. it, you're right. It is just the same thing over and over again. And, like, no Which progress is, is made. Which sprinkled in. Yeah, so that kind of sucks, but I'm just thinking, like, it wasn't great, it it wasn't bad, but it kind of leaves me with the same bad taste in my mouth that Crimson Flower did. Yeah, uh, same here, like, it, I I honestly kind of liked it, like, there's a lot of detail in this game, like, especially- There's a lot of cool- Especially if you- The world building's incredible. If you go around and you talk to all of the, the people, all of the, all of the NPCs in, like, the camp before each battle, you get a lot of world building, you get a lot of, uh- you know a lot of detail to this conflict that you know even more so than in three houses in some cases because they're talking about minor houses uh past relationships there are documents you can pick up around the camp that give even more detail on very specific things that are completely optional but they're there for you you know there's great it just feels like a very in-depth war like it feels even more like of a realistic conflict than in three houses which is awesome Mm -hmm. and it's fun to see you know, you know them talking about tactics, how they're going to split forces up. You know, it the feel of the route is very interesting. And you know, as the empire, as the aggressor, the one that is tearing through the land and you know putting everything under your banner, is an interesting route to take. Uh, and you know, it it also gives you some some moral quandaries, like in your supports with Edelgard. Like there, Shez and her can disagree on whether this war is worth it. They can have that in-depth conversation about what this war means for different people, and what Edelgard's motivations really are. Uh, it's a little. I mean, it keeps it vague on Edelgard's true motivations. It's usually like Shez just says, "Like, I don't really understand what you're doing, but fuck it, I'm here for it, man." Uh, yeah, it's it. It's agree. Yeah, it'll go, go for it. Disagree. I don't really know what you're up to, but I guess I'm cool with yeah, it. Yeah, but, like, again, with, like, Huber and Edelgard's relationship, Huber, Edelgard, and Monica, like, Monica's kind of like a second vassal for the Definitely, Empire yeah. side. She's even in some cutscenes, which, again, makes me wonder. Like, she's in a CG cutscene, which, like, same with Ferdinand. I love, like, uh, I'll do anything for uh, Her Majesty. I will gladly uh, fight and kill these people for Her Majesty. That, that's Monica's character right there. Yeah, basically. Monica's definitely a, a super simp. Uh, I, I went a support with her and like nothing really changed uh, which I kind of found a little disappointing but uh, her and Hubert's back and forth is pretty funny but again it makes me wonder like what happens if she dies because like she was part of the defense of Edelgard 
against Shamir in that fucking cutscene. So, like, you know, what happens? Does Hubert just do do the entirety of the work? Or does, does Shez have to hop in and help in a different way? Uh, or the worst-case scenario is the game acts like Monica isn't dead, and they still play that cutscene as is. Uh, which I hope... All right, and that was the summary of the plot of uh, Scarlet Blaze route of Fire Emblem Three Hopes. We said we weren't going to do... We said we weren't going to do beat by beat, but we ended up doing it anyway. But that's okay. Things happen. But uh, here at the end of the episode, we know we've been going for a while, but we're going to go over sort of the general uh, impressions of the gameplay since this is the first route that we experienced the game with. Well, we're just going to include yeah, our we, gameplay we thoughts. Yeah, we probably skip this in upcoming routes, but yeah. Yeah, some, some miscellaneous thoughts about the game. Yeah, this this will, uh, like what we said, this will probably be skipped in, in future route reviews, but this... Uh, since it's our first time reviewing the game, uh, we feel like this is appropriate. So, uh, Kobe, what do you want to start with? All right. Uh, what was your main team? What was your main four for for combat? <sighs> I I had a lot more than four. I did honestly. too. But like, if what if you had to pick four, what are your it's so facto four? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's hard because I want to include Shez and Petra at the same time. But I ended up just kind of choosing one or the other later on in the game because they were both sword users. Uh, but, oh yeah, wait, who did you, who did you S rank? Oh, Merc Whistle? Yeah, who did you Merc Whistle? Byleth. <laughs> you Merc Whistled Byleth? Yep, you can. At the end, did they send you a letter? They did. Oh, okay. That's what happened with me with Petra. Yeah, they sent me a oh. letter. What the fuck? Okay, so you so every it seems like everyone sends you a letter. Okay, I didn't know if that was different for other people. Uh, yeah, no, I, I fought the urge and didn't do Edelgard. What the hell did Violet even say? We're getting off track immediately. <laughs> I need to know though. Um, she was like, um, thanks to you, like I now have friends, and you know I have like you know people that I can surround myself with and like be supportive, and you know maybe we should do like Merc buddy things sometime. Basically. Hmm. Okay. Cool, cool, as cool. emotional as Bioth can be. <laughs> of course, of course. Oh, God damn it! Why what did I do four? that route? What were your core four? Uh, my core four. So Shez was pretty much always there. Um, uh, Edelgard was usually my axe, my heavy armor. Uh, I swapped her in and out with Caspar at certain points. I I made him a heavy armored unit. I made him a a great knight. Um, let's see. Uh, Bernadetta was a monster. Really? When you make her into a bow knight, like, her special ability is that she makes a ring around herself, and all enemies within are frozen in place. So, they that just kind of stand there and let you and let you wail on them. It's bas- It sounds like a, basically a much, much weaker version of Violet's time stop. That's really cool. But it, it is considered ice magic, so it's... She, like, uses ice magic to freeze people around her, uh, which allows you to get some really good combos going. But Bernadetta was fucking nuts. Uh, so, yeah, Shez and and Petra. I mean, Petra's just so fucking good. So Shez, Petra, Edelgard, and um, Bernadetta. Oh, sorry. Switch out Petra, actually. Oh. Because, I, I mean, I, I love Petra. She's best girl. I, I S-ranked her uh, with the Merc Whistle in this game. Uh, and and the did you use what what ability did Byleth give you when you gave her the Merc? Oh, I, f- I forget, but I'm sure it you was didn't use broken. it. No, 
Oh my god. I used Petra's. It was fucking sick. Using Shez, but also having Petra's wind dash ability. Like, the, mo- oh, the mobility I- was insane. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've completely forgot to do that. I was just so ready to be over with the route. <laughs> yeah, when you do Merc Whistle, you gain that person's, like, special ability, essentially. Oh, God. When you have it equipped. Chess would be unstoppable. With Violets? Oh, yeah. And you still have it in New Game Plus playthroughs, so you can use it. Oh. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, uh, the Elmiron forces have no idea what's coming. But, yeah, sorry. Chez, um, Edelgard... Uh, Bernadetta, uh, shout out to the to the grappler boys Raphael and Balthus. They were fucking nuts. But Yuritsa was insane. Did, when did you, you give him the get, scythe? When you get him all the way to Death Knight, no. Uh, the crescent sickle got pushed to the wayside as soon as I got this fucking. I rolled the dice on a on a repair for a lance for a B rank lance and got this stupid strong like critical boost silver lance with like 200 might and like uritsa's death knight it's so like his class is so good he incorporates like different elemental magics into his uh fighting style uh his special ability is that you build up uh, a zr move and when you press it it's just a big ass scythe energy scythe that just swings across the field and does massive damage to everything around you that sounds insane and, you know, he's on a horse, so he's super mobile. He can get around the map. Like, even at fighting at a disadvantage against disadvantage unit, I melt them in seconds with Yuritsa. It was <laughs> stupid. But, yeah. So, Edelgard, Shez, Yuritsa, Bernadetta were the standouts. Okay. Um, Petra was my number one, for sure. Obviously. Uh, I got her, like, to level 58, I think. And I got. Holy shit. I gave her a plus 75 rapier and just melted wait 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 wait. what so you can reforge the weapons you can upgrade them to 75 my mat the biggest thing i got to was plus 20 the rapier was like a plus 300 might i'm pretty sure so oh my fucking god she she would breathe on a cavalry unit and it would just disintegrate (laughs) (laughs) how did you have the money for that i have like two hundred thousand gills what <laughs> i don't know I'm, I'm rich oh you only used four though didn't you for the most so part you, pro- you probably saved a lot of money because i leveled up so many different people to do all oh the i did not and stuff. i did not like okay. i'm pretty sure linhart's still like level two but... okay that that makes more sense though. so i had petra dorothea was nuts uh thor on thunder magic shout out dorothea yeah. she was insane yuri i used yuri of course uh, if, if you I have one... three sword units on your team? Well, two. I have two. I didn't use Shez. Oh, you you just... Oh, okay. It's like getting rid of your starter in Pokemon. I didn't use Yeah, it, and but... you did that too in Sword I, and Oh, Shield. yeah. So you shouldn't be surprised, but... I shouldn't be, yeah. If I could be any character in the Three Houses world, I think I'd want to be Yuri. He's just so fucking cool. <laughs> he is cool. I did... I A-supported him, so Alejandro Sab is just a champion. Fucking killed it. Such a good performance so freaking good and then my final kind of rotated often but um no actually i tell a lie it was byla <laughs> it was byla you fucker of course it was so yeah I had, I had three sword users none of them were shez but yeah i mean sense. combat's pretty straightforward we, we went over a little bit earlier with the triangle um it's just warriors combat attack and slash it's smash y until there's a crater in your controller 
yeah uh, hit x every now and then hit a every now and then and uh, hit zr every now every now and then they'll be some good to do some good things there but yeah yeah um a critique i have with this game there were a lot of fucking side quest battles a lot of them there were a lot almost yes. too many i think uh just because that is what got you strategy points and like extra renown and resources and strategy is when you go into a main quest, you'll have strategy points, and this is how you persuade characters. This is how you um, buff your allied stronghold's health. This is how you weaken um, antagonistic uh, ally, uh, strongholds. This is how you know get magic users to cast spells on the enemies. This is how you get Count Burglies to break everyone's neck in a matter of seconds. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there was just so many side quests, just so much, with paralogs and like special battles on top of that it was just it was a lot another big thing another big quality of life improvement is that computers actually do things in battle which is actually very helpful uh i i pull from age of calamity a lot because i don't feel like the computers in age of calamity did a whole lot you know you would be the main character you would do lots of damage and you would switch and like one character would be dead even though Rivali is way stronger than all of them but in here, with the turn-based stuff, you can actually order units to take out other units, and if they have advantages, or even if they're neutral, they can take them pretty easily. It'll give you, like, a percentage of the bar. It'll be like, okay, if I send Petra up against this Warlock, she's an 88% chance of winning, which basically guarantees victory. Even if, you've, even if you're in the disadvantage, they won't die right away. But, yeah, computers actually doing things was a huge quality of life improvement that I thought was really helpful in battle. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I did... Honestly, there's a bigger tactical element in this game than you might originally think. Then, like, Agreed. oh, it's a warrior's game. You're just gonna hack and slash. No, not really. You have to manage your team very well. Uh, you have to make sure they are positioned correctly uh, across the battlefield, just in case like ambushes come out of nowhere and start to take your strongholds. You have to be able to, you know, you have to sort of ration out like, okay, who's gonna like, what squad? You can like split your party up into like squads and have them defend each other or go after certain objectives while you go off and do something else or at the very least get them to go to a place so that you can then switch to that character so you don't have to waste time getting there uh, mm -hmm. it's it's pretty it's a pretty intricate system uh, and i think it's integrated very well into the combat uh i'm spending more like probably just as much time in the like the battle overview menu than i am in the actual battle sometimes yeah me too so yeah me too uh, which sure. i don't think is a bad thing because i think that does the strategy no. very well keeps you on your toes keeps you thinking you're it, it's it's a little stressful it's a little it's pretty it's a little difficult in some cases so your heart's pounding you're thinking of all the options that you can do uh you're uh, trying to find out which unit would best you know suit that situation sometimes you have to you know, in bigger battles, you have to rely on your CPUs. Like, okay, you go take that out over there. I can't take control of you. I hope you can do it. Uh, which <laughs> which is an interesting... If you've leveled up all of your uh, units, which is what I did. So I feel like my CPUs, uh, at, really at least in the bigger battles, because I had most of my guys leveled up. So I could just kind of send off the units that I'm, I can't control uh, that aren't my main four off to do their own thing, and they'd usually be able to do it. So... Uh, yeah, I agree. Gameplay was gameplay was very addicting uh, when I was in it. Like when I was in that route, I did not want to stop. I did not want to put the game down. I had to stop to, you know, do my internship stuff, and I was just like tapping my foot the entire time I was in meetings. I'm like, I need to get my work done so I can go back to saving Podlin. 
uh, we I said this earlier and you disagreed with me. I'm curious to see if your opinions change since. Do you think this combat feels better than Age of Calamity? Uh, <laughs> you fucker. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I've come around on it. Uh, it might just be because I am, you know, this is new. I haven't played Age of Calamity in a little bit, so it's kind of far away from my memory. But I, I don't know. I feel like the gameplay is smoother in Age of Calamity. I, 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 that That's what I have here. It feels a lot smoother in Age of Calamity. I feel Calamity. like, yeah, the combat itself feels smoother in Age of Calamity. The animations are a lot smoother for sure. Yeah, but, like, the tactical elements and, you know, are utilized a lot better in this game, obviously, is Fire Emblem. So they have their strengths for a more flowy combat system age of calamity i think wins out but mm-hmm. if you want kind of more meat in your battles more content to do oh, yeah. objectives oh, yes, in the battle this is this is more your style i'd say but there's guess a what? lot of side quests you don't have to choose one or the other you can have both so yeah but yeah there's no by the dlc for age of calamity yeah like i i 100 at age of calamity there's no way i'm 100 in this game it's way too big Oh yeah, no zero chance. Uh, just because, not only is there a ton of side quests, there's a ton of side missions within these battles too. Yeah, holy, holy shit, shit dude! There man. is just so much going on. It's a, like there's uh, this is too much. I'll confess, there's a lot going on sometimes. Yeah. but I mean, it keeps you know, it keeps I, things interesting. Like it's not like absolutely does. It, it keeps your mind on a, it keeps your head on a swivel, your mind open and and thinking. Uh, that helps with the that helps with the strategy stuff too, because if. You know what's what good is you know sending your unit to a stronghold they seize it and they just sit there the whole time like no just go send them to do do other things like that that's fine yeah but um we already kind of touched on the new base camp there's a lot of a lot more facilities now mm-hmm. uh training i think is the big one where like you actually have to you can actually just buy levels and train up classes you don't train individual like skills anymore you train up the, the class is the skill basically yes yes so and you have training partners that can build support and morale and all that good stuff you can i always just did successive training because i same yeah i I cruised (laughs) but yeah there's um chore master the kitchen master's back there's um uh, blacksmith and armory have some different things item shopkeeper i like the different locations i think it's cool i think i think it's i think it keeps it spiffy yeah i think so as well all right uh time for oh yeah the meat potatoes so all right uh ladies and gentlemen um time to get time to get into the pg-13 content um what was once tea time is no more but tea time has been it's dead in this in this world but the game developers needed something to look forward to when they went to work every day so they created excursions it's it's just tea. Which, it's just tea time it, it it really is but um did you a support Manuela? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> did you go on an excursion with her after? No. Oh my god! So the dialogue changes if you get excur- a a rank excursion. What? Uh, okay. How so? Uh, okay. So using Manuela as an example, um, okay. she she says when you look down at her chest because I just did all the angles really oh, quickly. God damn. Um, I was curious because I, I looked at her. I'm getting bonked by the viewers, but. <laughs> <laughs> you should not be talking about this. Phoenix Wright, I swear. Um, <laughs> okay, just just continue, please. At one of the angles, I'm going to edit it. So at one of the angles, she says, um, 
she says like it's she's something about like it's kind of sad how your inappropriate staring is like making me blush <laughs> oh my fucking god <laughs> but and then she's like and when you look at her hair she's like um I like my hair being touched when the person I love when, when it's someone I like doing the touching I'm like holy shit Jesus <laughs> Christ what I thought Edelgard's was the funniest though when you look down at her chest plate and she's like I'm assuming you're looking for dinks in my armor there pal <laughs> no way I didn't encounter any of this are you serious yeah, I'm dead serious. Oh my god, you fucking horny bastards, intelligence system. The the observe option has always been weird. Oh, it's so freaking weird. Like, <laughs> in Three Houses it was weird. I cannot believe they brought it back. Uh, it, and it, it, it's even worse, because these things fucking suck just as much as they did in Three Houses. It's just a guessing game. It is. Like, you will basically never figure it out. You will never figure out what options are the right ones on a first go through no. an excursion. No, no, you will not. Like in subsequent excursions, you will get messages like, "Oh, this doesn't feel like the right response to give." But like for some characters, like you don't have a lot to go on. It's yeah, like no. some of the options are like agree, say a quip, say no, cats. yeah, talk about cats or like something random. And it's like, there is not enough detail here for me to fucking figure that out and some characters like like if you like a character will say something and it's like if you agree with them or it's like if you agree with one of their views sometimes it'll 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 be the wrong response yeah i know like it guards like i don't want to talk about my my dead family and it's like laugh cry or nod and you're like what the fuck do i do yeah it's here? like what <laughs> Uh, it's fucking horrible. It's so bad. I fucking hate it. But it's but when you get the perfect, it's such a stupidly good boost to fucking support points. It's so that you high. have to do it. So high. They get so many points. So yeah, uh, excursions suck. I fucking hate them. The dialogue is fun because it changes based on location. Uh, you know that that's fine. But like the actual act of trying to get the support points sucks yeah it sucks big time uh, excursions I'll, I'll still do them but they suck completely um, also really weird on the fact that what colby said earlier about the a rank support yeah it changes the a rank dialogue yeah no that it does um last bit of gameplay thing i have here is battle suggestions but i don't even think it's worth talking about because it doesn't really do anything yeah most of the battle suggestions are more like camp focused and training focused not actually like battle focused know, yeah battle focused all right um and that's gameplay uh, a lot smaller but it's pretty straightforward it's a dynasty warriors game so it's a, it's a hack and slash but i mean we're lore junkies we care a lot more about the story than we do about yes which takes uh, us in the miscellaneous the, the specifics of the gameplay the gameplay is good yeah. like if you want this long it's the tldr gameplay is good it's super fun uh it like you you do a good amount of thinking in the strategical sections there's a lot more thinking aspects to it than just ha- pressing buttons so yeah give it a shot it's really good all right miscellaneous uh game uh characters music story beats whatever we want to talk about here to close it out um the number one thing i wanted to bring off the top my biggest issue with this route there is nothing canonically that leads me to believe that shez could actually beat biles in a one-on-one fight (laughs) um yeah i like byleth dying in your route that makes no sense to me yeah 
especially if you have like full power Sothis pulling the reins. Uh, Sothis is strong enough to overtake Byleth if she wanted to. Like, come on, let's be honest here. Sothis is way more powerful than Arvel or Epimenides or, or God for that matter. So, like, <laughs> I don't think it, I don't yeah. think it makes sense canonically. Like, I don't think they did a good enough job explaining how Shez can eventually beat Byleth in a one-on-one fight. I mean, I think maybe with the relationship that Byleth has with Sothis, that might hold him back because Byleth and Sothis are definitely not on the same page. Even when even when I killed them. I'm pretty sure Byleth still wasn't all super jazzed about the situation. So that could be a handicap that Byleth has. That's like But the, it Yeah, but that okay, that that makes I guess that makes sense. I just don't like how that's implemented though cuz I you think by yeah, now it's not all, ex- all this all this time explained. has passed, they should have been more familiar with each other. Yeah, I mean I don't know. With Arval and it's more like Arval and Shez, their powers are not explained super well in my route. Like they like, Arval's like, I will give you power. It's like, okay, how the hell does this power work? Like, you're obviously... Are you fusing, like Sothis and Byleth are? Because even when fused, Sothis talks. Like, Sothis is around. It's, yeah. She doesn't disappear, like, in, in Three Houses. So that's kind of changed in this timeline, where fusion doesn't necessarily mean your, your you know, imaginary friend goes away. <laughs> so, like... I don't know does what does our is arval just tapping into the power of epimenides his his god his creator why did Epi, if epimenides is still around why did he create arval to go find a vessel like why didn't he just do it i don't know because like shez has that like the crown that epimenides has like around him and like that sword is very much similar to the one shown in the first cutscene yeah because like sothis doesn't have like uh anyone above her or like she's just so this you know so why did epimenides have to go through getting this blank slate of another sort of like pseudo god to put into arval or sorry to put into shez like it's not explained at all it it, like seems like shez's only power is he gets you know a bit of like a bit of increased strength and he can summon a sword like yeah, that's I, it. It's not. It's not shown. Like the sword is never named. It's never shown that, like what specific power it has. Besides, like I guess energy beams and like purple tornadoes. But that's strictly a gameplay thing, and it's not explained outside of it. No. It's like, what? What do you do? Like what? <laughs> what is happening? What does he do? <laughs> I was waiting all game for it to be explained, nope. and and it just wasn't. I think Claude, and like, even in in three houses, you know, like, you know, th- th- you have the crest stones that oh, kind crests of ha- are house so the power. irrelevant in this game. Yeah, crests have nothing to do with this game, but in three houses, it's kind of more explained. You have the bones of the goddess's children making the heroes relics. That's what makes them powerful if they have the corresponding crest stone. Yeah, you're like, oh, that Byleth's makes sense. power, power comes from having the crest stone with physically within them, so that's no, why they're hard. so strong. And that's how they're able to wield the sword of the creator and all that. And they're a mercenary. Oh my god! So if Byleth the... had the sword of the creator, this game would be ten minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> if if Byleth had the sword of the creator against Arval, oh my and god, Shez fucking decimated. I don't care. Give give Shez nine swords; it'd be over. Like it, give him every weapon; it'd be Byleth would Byleth would just kill everybody. Like he would just rule Fodlin. Yeah, like the conflict between Shez and Byleth is interesting in theory but it's kind of boring when they just like oh they just want to beat each other 
yeah, that makes that 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 does not add, that does not add up to Bilas character motivation at all from three yeah, houses. And, and and the teleporting of Shez, like Shez has the teleporting power. That is expl- That is like like Arvel just says, "Hey, you can do this," and then it's not exp- it's not explored in any supports that I've found. Nope. Uh, and anything like the sword is kind of is kind of gone into in Sylvain's uh, uh, sea support in Blue Lions, which I found. Interesting. Where he just kind of asks questions about the sword. He's like, can you summon more things? Is it just swords that you can summon? Like, apparently the sword, like, when Shez tries to drop it, it just disappears from his hand. So It's like Noctis uh, in Final Fantasy XV. Yeah, like, Sylvain specifically, Sylvain specifically says it's not a hero's relic. I think even Lindhart says, like, it's not a hero's relic that you have. So I don't and, know like, what it is. Lin- I don't even know if it has a name. Linhart's whole support is about is supposedly about trying to research the power, and no developments are made in that support at oh, all. Linhart's no useless. reveals happen. So it's just like what? Yeah, it's I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, that is my that biggest, is that is a major gripe, gripe for me as well. That, that was like, my biggest gripe. Um, I I don't think Byleth should lose there. <laughs> I don't think so either. Uh, do you want to pick from this list here, or do you have any youth come to your mind? Uh, I mean, we can just go through them quick. Uh, remix battle themes are good. I yeah, I mean, music I think at three houses is better. I definitely uh, think so too. I don't think the, I, I don't mean, think the, all the remixes all the, some of the remixes are better. I don't think the Royal Dominion one's better. I don't think the Between yeah. Heaven and Earth one's better. And yeah. so those are the two big ones for me. I'm sure, yeah, like Claudio. I mean, I, mean, I would love if just God Shattering Star started blaring out of nowhere in like, in the Golden Year. That'd be great. <laughs> in the go- that'd be pretty great. I- I'm excited to see if that happens. But uh, yeah, remix battle. I mean, music is good. It's a Warriors game. Music is usually good. Uh, I think it needed. There. I think it needed more Shambhala stuff because of the action. Shambhala's like an action. Soundtrack. Oh yeah, like the like you wanted more dubstep. I did actually. I think I wanted more of that. I think. I think that would have been fitting. I feel like, that's when you fight fair. those who slur in the dark, I'd be, I think that would have been cool. Have more du- have dubstep sort of like, maybe like a dubstep layer to the soundtrack. Like it just kind of yeah. like uh, adaptive music, kind of like Dying Light 2 where it adds that layer whenever that comes in. That'd be cool. But even still, it's serviceable. Like I have no I Oh, yeah, have no no, 100%. It's it. still good. I, think it's, I still think it's good. No, It's no just you compare there. it to Three Houses and it's just like, oh, you know, Three Houses is just so much better. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, let's talk about two has a big ca- characters Bile here. Bile has a character yeah, um, I actually like Byleth. I think Byleth's fine. I said the same thing about Shez. I think Shez is fine, but I like Byleth better. I, I think Byleth actually, yeah, I think, um, <laughs> especially the supports and stuff, you'll you'll like that character better. I think. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think they did what they could with Byleth. I think, in keeping with the lore, you know, he's canonically is not very expressive. Soulless. Like that is the canonical. He's he's canonically kind of soulless in his mannerisms. But it's shown that he can care for people, that he can, that he has connections, that he's able to make those emotional connections with people. It's just that he does not express himself very much. Nope. Uh, and I think they, I think they kind of nailed that here. Aside from the fact that he did not have a very strong reaction to Gerald's death in my route, that was my only gripe with him. Really, he was very intimidating. Uh, seeing Byleth from the outside perspective just gave me a whole new sense of like intimidation and fear from that character, which I think, you know, lives up to the reputation in, like, that three seconds. Yeah, like cool. it, it lives up to the to the lore accurate version of that character, which I think is is good. Uh, and I'm sure I'll have more to say on him or her uh, when 
when I do the other routes, uh, assuming that I am not a stupid idiot and I can fucking recruit them. You'll just uh, look it up. You'll get her. You'll get her. You'll I, get her I, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to look it up. But, uh, yeah. So, I think Byleth is good. I, I think they did what he could with him. No, nothing, like, earth-shattering or anything, but I think they did good with him. No, I don't think so. I think I think Byleth's... I think she's. I think he's good too. Um. All right. Yeah. Edelgard. Edelgard has yeah. the same problem she does in three houses, which is, um, time and time again she'll be like, we have to like limit the casualties of these lives. We need to save as many lives as possible. And the entire time I'm like, they're only at risk because of a war you started <laughs> everyone was fine everyone was happy everyone was living these great lives they're only gonna die because of a war you started now now no no no, no. i i understand and i don't i think edelgard is definitely the least likable of the three lords and that's not a bad thing they're all likable yeah, I, I mean, they're despite all like that them. criticism, I genuinely think Edelgard in this game is a good character. I like Edelgard in this game. Yes, and and I added a no. I said that even even early in the episode, I said Shez can call her out on on some of her ideologies in certain dialogue options. Uh, but for Edelgard, I think it's like because in this war, she def like you see the corruption in like mm-hmm. a bunch of these nobles. Like she's kind of yeah. proving her point. We have to kill like, you. See her. <laughs> You see her point being proven, at least with the nobles. Yeah, no. In my mind, like, this is something that she thinks is just a constant. Like, this war has to happen for things to get better. But I don't—I also don't think it's unreasonable to, even though you start a war, to want to minimize casualties as much as possible. No, I get that, but, like, I, I feel like that was a major, like— sticking point for her and i'm like i get it but like like people are gonna die like a lot of it might i mean i think she says that but it might be a little bit of it might be some guilt you know oh i definitely think she feels some guilt but at the end of the day it's not gonna outweigh what she's trying to do of course yeah she's not like she's gonna do this no matter what and like in in the you know, rescuing the villagers, saying that that's those who slither in the dark. Those who slither in the dark are just evil, so it's fine to want to do that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I I don't think it's an unreasonable part of her character to be the aggressor in the war, but also you know have a point to save lives when it is possible. That's okay. I think that's where we might disagree a little bit because, like, even in base three houses. She basically just her entire army gets massacred at Garrick Mach. Like she sends legions of troops in the even like the narrators, like even though like the Empire got routed significantly, um they, yeah. they still took Garrick Mach. So I think that being the aggressor and wanting to save lives doesn't always go hand in hand when it comes to her character, but like I do see the side of that because that by the end of the game, she is very much more sympathetic towards the cause of saving people. Yeah, I mean <sighs> You can call her a hypocrite. You can call her, like, I guess, uh, maybe inconsistent is the better word. Cause, I think that's the you know, she, ri- she risks life and limb to go save Count Burgley's and his men. Uh, and then goes and saves Lord Lenato. And she does save people. She definitely does. Yeah, like, she, it seems to care. She cares about the people under her protection, you know? Definitely. But it, I, 
I don't know. Like she she's merciless when she needs to be as well. Like she like at Aryan Road at all these battles, she she doesn't hold back, but she does re- like you're allowed to recruit people. Like we don't just kill our classmates. You know, we're allowed to recruit people, but you know, I feel like this game does a very good job of blurring the lines just like just like Three Houses did way back when. Yep. That you you like there are so many debates about was Edelgard right? Is she justified? You know, and <laughs> floods my you know, floods, floods my for you section daily. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I don't I don't doubt that. That makes sense. Uh, but yeah, we don't have to get into an ideological battle here. I don't think it's unreasonable for her to want that, but I would probably side more with the other two, of course, than her. I think so. I think I'm the same there. So it's kind of hard to judge, but I don't think... I think Dimitri's was... the most right. He doesn't give a shit about politics. He's just like, we, we gotta stop the bad people. And I'm like, I agree with you. I mean, in this game, he's more like openly opposed to Edelgard's thing. He says... I think he says like... Uh, change needs to happen slowly over time. Doing, But not this quick, doing, yeah. Doing it the way that you're doing is going to... Like, people won't be ready for it. Like, you can't just force your will upon people. But Edelgard's, Edelgard's stance is more like, we can't just wait around for it to happen. Because in the system now. that we yeah. have right now, it's going to get mired in politics. Any change that's going to happen is going to be shot down if we do it slowly. We have to do this now. We have to do major reforms before the corrupt system can shut it down. Mm-hmm. You can't just wait around for it. It can't. It cannot happen slowly. And the people, and that's, and I think she says, like, that's leaving all the people in the right here and now out to dry, essentially. Yeah. But then Dimitri will retort, like, it's a long road towards, you know, lasting change. You know, doing it quick will only split your supporters and split the land and cause further division. I have no idea what Claude is doing. Like, I have, like he is just on the sidelines. I think he is. That, I don't. I don't know that, what stock that, he has. It's that in meme there. of so the me the two people beating each other up and the one guy's break dancing. You break exactly. Yeah. So, I think it's a pretty compelling dichotomy that they still have in this game, and I can see the merit in both. So I don't think it's an unreasonable character aspect of Edelgard to think this way, but I can see where you're coming from, and I think that's why you like Dimitri more. Yeah, no, I think that's why I like Dimitri and Claude more. I, I'm actually down with Claude betraying you at ALL. I'm actually cool with that. that that's no, totally, yeah, that's no, totally I, in I was, character. That's totally in character. I was thing. like, yeah, yeah, no, go go for it, man. I'll, I'll still beat you up, but yeah, I respect it. No, that's that's totally in character for him. But um, yeah. yeah, just one more quick character. We, touched on earlier Hubert is the biggest winner from three houses oh, to this yeah. game in my opinion he's just so much better and so much more like i actually care about this guy now yeah same he's super compelling he's not a cg cutscenes and he does some really sick stuff like with his oh, magic the, yeah there's the mad the magic to kill duke iris truce was so cool and he's like i'll so leave you sick. for the final blow oh yeah he, he was actually kind of badass in this game it he's just that character it's like you are terrifying and scheming but thank god you're on our side oh my god yeah fighting him's gonna be a pain in the neck oh yeah even in just like he just knows everything he does he he is he's got informants all over the place he is a genius he is 
the master of information in this yeah, war. He, he, so he's it, the Empire's Claude, basically. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, inferior version it, of it's Claude. A, it, it was, and he like you know he shows respect to people. He's very, you know, he's he's dark and he is, you know, a little schemer, but he is, you know, he's still human at the end of the day. Yep. Uh, and you see more, and you see more of that shine through in this game than I think in Three Houses. He's he's much less of an open like villain almost. Definitely uh, agree there. I mean, again, in Three Houses he still had that depth to him, but here it's much more plainly put out for everyone to see, for those who don't dive deep into his character in Three Houses. So, yeah, Hubert was sick. Loved him. um, I think the biggest shocker was the world building in this game. Uh, The world building in this game was incredible. Especially for Warriors, I didn't expect it. But even like little stuff, like they're mentioning these houses I've never heard of before, and they're, again, we get people like Count Burgleys and Count Gloucester, and we get like actual, like, people who matter in like these political um environments and i think yeah, the inclusion for the first time yeah we see holst like, for the first time like all that stuff is super freaking cool and it just makes me really excited to go check out like because like, i'm doing the prologue right now where we just met the crown prince of almira who might be claude's brother like that's super freaking yeah. cool so like uh, and we get to see nadir and like the kingdom like the dusker tragedy i'm sure we'll get to see and yeah, it's just I, I'm really excited. Just, like this is what I wanted. I, like this above all else. This and the characters were the two things I wanted the most out of this game. And I'm really lore, glad baby. That's yeah. right. L- lore. L O <laughs> L space O space R space E. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. I I loved it so much. It it was very intriguing. Kept me engaged. I loved it. And then yeah, I think the last thing we could touch on with um, the we'll we'll end it with the voice acting. It's it's incredible. I mean. Not everything's it, voiced, but I think like I think your point here, that gives them more room to elaborate and expand on them through text, which I think is a great trade off. Yeah, there are a lot of different like like Ash, for instance. Uh, he is just super conflicted throughout the game when you recruit him as you're going up against the kingdom and everything. Uh, uh, he reacts to different uh, scenarios. Uh, we even said that like Mercedes would react differently whether. Uh, Annette lived or died in that battle so even though not every single piece of text in this game is voiced uh, I feel like that may have freed up the budget a little bit for the voice actors were like morning. thank god <laughs> yeah, but even still like there is there is a lot of voice acting a lot really yeah good. Uh, a lot of good voice acting it, it really does feel like when I first played this game I was like seeing old friends again almost yeah me too that's how good of that's how well the game had the three houses sort of mythos has solidified these characters as real human beings and also just goes to show the talent of the voice actors they like there's not one that like slouches even the side characters even like the new characters like burglies and uh, hevering hevering and oh fucking bernadetta's dad count varley uh, they are all they all leave it out on the floor. Like, I don't know where they find these guys, but it is an all-star cast. No one slacks. It's amazing. No, no I, 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 I've I, heard... I, I've been with Claude for about an hour. I'm like, yeah, you really are my favorite character in all video games. Like, fuck, I'm so glad you're back. <laughs> yeah, like, it. it's amazing. I, honestly, I feel like Claude... In my playthrough, it feels like Claude kind of reined it in. Like, Zija reined it in a little bit, but that's because Claude's a lot more serious uh, in this game. Oh, in the very in the prologue, he's great. I think he's like he's, he's it's Claude time. <laughs> yeah, is, is Claude time? I think it's Claude time. 
Yeah, no, but like it does show. I, I again, even though he reigns it in, it makes sense in like it makes sense in character because he is the leader of the alliance now, and he still has some some cheek and some uh some banter, but it, it's a bit more somber because you know he's pretty much always on the losing side. Yeah. So it's more of like a bit more dark. Uh, you know, like he's trying to joke to to cope almost with what's going on. Yeah, put on a brave uh, face. But, yeah, again, his, Joe Zija puts on a masterful performance. I, I cannot Claude. wait. To, I cannot wait to hear Dimitri. Cannot. Like, oh my god. Full oh god. D- I I did the prologue of Dimitri because I played the demo, and damn man, he does not disappoint in the slightest. Chris <sighs> Hackney, back and better than ever. Amazing. Well, to close this out, I think we can safely say. This is going to win the fan game of the year at the Game Awards again. I'm so happy. Congratulations to Fire and Warriors, Three Hopes. Uh, Seriously. Incredible. You're going to win the fan This vote. might be our longest episode yet. I'm now looking at the time. Oh, my God. Definitely. I, it doesn't even feel like it's been that long, though. So we're back. It does we are not. Back. Hey, we, we won, we're we we're giving you a big one right out of the gate. Hopefully That's you right. guys enjoy you, it. And guess what? You'll be able to bookmark it and come back later to it because, you know, no guarantees on the weekly episodes anymore, but that at, we're gonna we're gonna be just fine. Yeah, we'll we'll do good. We'll bring you guys some hopefully higher quality content, uh, in in recompense for that's right. maybe not as regular content. That's right. But that was Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, the Scarlet Blaze route in its entirety, and and some additional stuff. Next one will be Golden Wildfire with special guest. Alejandro from the three random gamers corner. He really wanted. Uh, I I want another thing we're going to do here is we're going to have more people on our show. Uh, we're going to try mm-hmm. to because we have a lot more um, outlets now to do that. And uh, what better one than what better way to bring back just an old friend to talk some Fire Emblem where where it all really started. So we're going to have him on for when we get done with Golden Wildfire. If Tyler's ever able to put down Sunbreak for more than I, two seconds, <laughs> I will probably st- now that I am on the clock, I will probably start playing Golden Wild Wildfire now. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I don't think we should keep the good people here any longer than they've already been. I think I think they've been no. here long enough. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you can still you do guys. the outro, man. Let's let's yep. keep some things the same. <laughs> yep. Yep. Right. 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 So, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of switch it up we hope you enjoyed it uh if you want to support the podcast the best way you can do that is to leave a rating and review on, <laughs> did you see the meme uh, i put of that today on <laughs> on some twitter <laughs> the super jared said like i want to super like it and i said you can leave a rating and review. <laughs> yeah with your your joker fucking picture <laughs> yeah but he's he's not wrong the best way that you can uh, support the podcast is by uh, leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That's our best way to f- look at direct feedback. Uh, but also, feel free to share your thoughts on social media. Tagging us in our socials links will be down below. You're also free to interact with us directly on there. We would love to hear your questions, suggestions, etc., uh, to make this podcast uh, even better than it already is. So that sounded pretentious. To make it better, period. God damn it. Talk about falling flat face on the finish line. That was me right there. Oh, uh, but anyway, it's okay. We can edit it. That's true. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, uh, Colby, any closing thoughts uh, before we, we wrap it up? Just happy to be back. Just happy to be back. Uh, talking firearms is always a great way to come back, but excited for what's for what's to come. Uh, if anything, these changes are going to extend the life of the show now that we're entering adult livelihood. So that's very exciting. 
Mm-hmm. We we hope so anyway. Yeah, uh, that's the goal. We hope our schedules are not too. We're glad we've been removed crazy. for a fourth season. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say our 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 our, our patrons, our sponsors, <laughs> uh, made this possible. <laughs> All zero of them. Yeah, but uh, yeah, um, just a real big heartfelt thank you. Uh, hopefully, you'll hear us and many more voices on these airwaves uh, very soon. And uh, we hope you'll stick with us through the journey. So, uh, three hours later, thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you on the next one. Have a good one, gamers. Thank you.